Welcome to episode 23 of the current Backloggers. The date is July 16th. I am your host, KCP, along my good friend and co-host, Cody G. Cody, how's it going today? Really good. (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting a loud one. Yeah, before we start, I even said I'm going to wind up, so I was trying to get you to think that and then do the NPR that we've been waiting for. Oh, NPR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're unbiased. <laughs> Very unbiased. You know, somebody at work, um, you know them too, told me just a few days ago, laughed at me for saying that they were uh, a little biased. He acted like I was an idiot for, he's like, are you talking about NPR? You really think they're biased? And he was serious. Even the fact you said a little biased, it's like, you just listen to for uh-huh. minutes, like, oh yeah, that's a far, far left. Uh, you said I know them? Yeah, so we can talk about off air, as you could say. I can do the Joe Rogan thing. Write it down on a piece of paper. I have to know. Um, okay, you fill, you fill yourself in for a second there. Um, yeah, they're, in, uh, they're definitely... It's crazy because they take government, they take tax money, and they're incredibly biased, and they can sway elections. Take some of Oh, yeah. You kind of threw me off for a second there, and you probably know why. Because yeah. I was like, I never said that. Um, mm. Yeah. Not here, yeah. So, what have you been up to, buddy? Uh, just, uh, I did some yard work this week. I tried to clear some dirt out of this, like, little spout thing, and then this, this guy came over and cleaned out my gutters, fixed them for me. He was supposed to come today and do some more work, but he never showed up, so um, I don't know what he's doing. But then girlfriend's parents bought us a grill, so I was grilling. <laughs> I made a, I didn't know this, but if you, if you have a lot of fat on your meat and you flip it and you pour the fat straight on an open flame, big old fireball come up. Uh, we got a great photo of, uh, I don't know how big the fire flame was, but at the moment it felt like maybe two or three foot flame of the fat on the propane. But yeah, I made, uh, I made some really overdone steaks on them with some really bad burgers, but you know, it's, it's a learning process. Do you think you learned? Learned? Yeah. Uh, I learned it's a lot easier to cook inside. Like, I never, I don't, I don't get. <laughs> oh, let's take all of our belongings and go outside and cook on something that's not as good as an oven or as convenient. Yeah. You think it's like us pretending like we're like, oh, we're kind of like cavemen. <laughs> like it's hitting something deep in our evolution, evolutionary DNA or something like. Oh, this is what our ancestors did. You know, I'm not sure because the only thing I even potential eat on a grill is uh, corn on the cob or grilled cheese and that's it. <laughs> so I'm probably the wrong guy for this. You know, I was going to give you shit because like you don't do that on a grill but then it's literally called a grilled cheese. So <laughs> it's in the name. Have you ever done that? I haven't, but uh, my brother used to. Yeah, because everybody said the same thing. Every time I say that, they're like, that's, you can't do that. It's on a stove. You know, it's literally called grilled cheese. Yeah, I couldn't and, yeah, argue that. He used to make them really good. I don't, I'm sure I would fucking just destroy it but <laughs> if you do it right it's really good yeah and grilled corn on the cob can be really iffy too because that can yeah. get a real nasty burnt taste to it yeah um 
Yeah, I never understood it, man. It's like, oh, let's grab all of our belongings and let flies land on all of our stuff. <laughs> and let's get this really high. Like, it's 500 degrees. You lift that thing up, and it's already 100 degrees outside. Why are we doing this? But we can pretend that we're natives and we're living a, you know, a nomadic lifestyle in our backyard. Probably a little too soon on top of the natives. But um, <laughs> what, what else have you been up to, buddy? Uh, that's it, man. That's it. I gotcha. Um, so I've been working, par usual. I took a good amount of overtime this week, though. So, uh, well, actually, every day this week I took overtime, besides my off days. So, been working a lot. And, um, besides that, I thought we were supposed to open posture for the podcast. Um, I'm joking. I don't even know if they could actually hear that one anyways. <sighs> Might just sound like a gross little fart in the background. <laughs> um, but besides that, I haven't been up to a whole lot either. But I did go to another drive-in a few days ago to watch uh, Happy Gilmore, which I haven't seen in quite some time. But it holds up, and it's still hilarious. Um, I do feel like it's definitely... The kind of movie that it holds up if you saw it. I feel like if uh, you've never seen that movie and watch it now, it'll probably just seem really dumb and cheesy. So I feel like it's kind of definitely a nostalgia thing. That sucks. It's like, if I ever have kids, I want to show them all this stuff. I don't know. I could be wrong. I feel like if they're really little kids or, I mean, little kids, not obviously don't want to show an infant that or something, but like a 10-year-old or something, I think they might find it funny just because it's like inappropriate and like that, but I feel like, like all the TikTokers of that demographic of people that they haven't seen it would probably just think it's so dumb because humor is so different now. But I do feel like, as a kid, you probably still would just find it funny for the fact that it's so over the top and seems kind of offensive and wild, even though it's pretty innocent for the most part. If you think about it, I honestly that that old TikToker gender, whatever that is. Um, I couldn't give a shit about their opinions. I see some of the shit. My nephew's part of it. I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not defending it. I just was thinking how much comedy has changed. Even aside from TikTok, like any um, like big comedy movie is so different than Happy Gilmore. My uh, nephew lost his phone because uh, my sister's like, you're in trouble, so you're, kinda, you're grounded, so you can't use it. And he got pissed because he was worried about his clout. If you're not uploading <laughs> daily to TikTok, you could, you could fall in the, uh-huh. what they're promoting. It was uh, pretty ridiculous. Um. He's 13. <laughs> <laughs> his TikTok clout. I was also thinking, I don't think I've ever talked about it on a podcast, but I know I've talked about it with you many times, that I think Adam Sandler gets way too much hate because I think he's put out some movies are absolutely horrendous but i feel like it's a common thought and i feel like just everybody naturally agrees that after like 99 he hasn't made a single good movie and i feel like there's so many amazing movies and a lot of them better than his earlier movies if you watch them now there is just some horrendous ones sprinkled in there that people just focus on those and then don't even see the other ones and just everybody agrees he sucks now yeah um but one thing that i haven't really ever thought about is like I said Happy Gilmore's style of humor is so different than how humor is now so I feel like people again just don't even know what they want like I feel like if he just never changed that comedy people would say he's not funny anymore 
And I think even for me, I think I wouldn't think it's just automatically not funny, but I think probably the same thing I do with a lot of comedians in movies that they just do the same role over and over and have no variety. And even though they can like Russell Brand or Melissa McCarthy, all these people had really funny movies that uh, Zach Galifianakis, but then they just keep doing the same thing and never change it. I feel like it gets old and it's not funny anymore. Yeah. And I never really thought about it in that sense. Like I said, I do think he gets way too much hate, and I think he's put out plenty of good movies in between the horrendous ones. But I never really thought about it from that angle until I've watched Happy Gilmore and see, saw how dated it was, even though it's good. But if that movie just came out, movies came out like that over and over, like that, Waterboy, Little Nicky, people would make fun of that even more than they do now that he's done different stuff and stayed current and seems relevant. Yeah, it's... Uh, <clears throat> Either you like Adam Sandler or you hate him. And we're not even liking, like, usually people love him or hate him. And I'm, I'm definitely in the love camp. He's made some really good movies. I think even the bad ones, like uh, uh, Jack and Jill, I think, are so bad that they're great. <laughs> like, uh, I was in high school when that came out, and I watched it probably about three times. I loved it. It was so dumb. Especially, uh, how the how did they get Al Pacino to do that? <laughs> Cappuccino, that whole, that whole, that movie is so bad. It's a, it's a fucking artwork. So I can't even. I'm sitting here trying to think of a bad one, because usually if you love Adam Sandler, it's a pretty split group. Either you like Zohan or you hate Zohan, and I liked it. Um, Where you lie? Definitely the opposite. And um, really, you hated it? Yeah, and I went into it. Like I said, that's a. Uh, I think it's weird how people just label him terrible after a certain time period. Because I feel like they're obviously not giving these movies a chance and just saw some terrible ones. Or very possible some of them didn't even see the terrible ones. They hear what other people say and then start just repeating the same things. But that's my thing. I think there are some horrendous ones in there. But I think most of the time in the trailers you can spot the ones that are going to be truly terrible. So I usually don't even see them. Maybe, like I said, maybe I'll be wrong, and if I saw him, I'd be like, man, I'm just like these people, and these ones are funny. But Don't Mess With the Zohan was, uh, I feel like, an exception in that. But uh, I went into it, and I was like, this movie's going to be fucking hilarious. It looks so great. And I laughed at probably two times, and there was kind of like, not pity laughs, because I did laugh, but just kind of like chuckles. So I was real upset. It was, I thought it was terrible. Yeah, man. I really like uh everything Adam Sandler does. I think some of his best movies were after 99. Yeah. Mr. Deeds is my favorite movie of his, and I was like, probably, what, 2006, 7? And it's weird to think, uh, I think commercially, Little Nicky failed. Oh, I'm sure it did, yeah. But I my, loved it, but... My friend group, when that was in theaters, it was like the biggest thing. Like, yeah. Did you guys go see it? Oh, it's so good. I never really thought about how long he stayed relevant either, because we always talked about how um, our parents talked about the 80s like it was yesterday and we did out with the 90s and he was popular maybe maybe in like the late 80s because of SNL and maybe. Uh, Bill Cosby show yeah so approach? yeah what was his name on that show so he stayed relevant like extremely relevant too not just like he's there but for like over three decades now yeah so I, I think there's gonna be some bad movies in a multi-decade career just uh he's just iconic especially for our generation i love him especially you see him come to award ceremonies or when the tuxes and he just looks like he just dropped his kids off at uh 
soccer practice or something. He just looks yeah, just tired and exhausted. That's what I was going to say. That's one of my favorite things about him. Maybe it'll be uh, one of those things where we're hyped up in our heads and he's complete opposite and be a total douchebag. But from everything it seems, and like I say, he's been relevant for multiple decades, so I think something would have came out or you would have seen some video or something. He just seems like the most down-to-earth guy and seems so unaware how much money he's made in his career and how famous he is. Yeah. And uh, the serious movies are my, some of my favorite movies of all time. I know we've talked about that plenty of times, but Rain Over Me. Um, um, oh, gosh, what is the one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Uh, um, Punch Drunk that, Love. Yeah, I was going to say, is he in that? Um, Punch Drunk Love, Rain Over Me, Uncut Gems, and then I think the most... The one that's based on his life, I feel, is Funny People. You watch that? Yeah, I really like so that movie. Um, the other ones, aside from Uncut Gems, Cash, I haven't seen that yet. I think I told you, but I think those movies are amazing, but they're not for me. They're too depressing and too serious, but I feel like, again, that's a sign of how good they are. Like sometimes like those movies suck, and I can see how good they are. I just don't think they're for me at all. And I feel like people, as we know, have a hard time of, recognizing that because everything's just so black and white that if you love something or you hate it but i think those movies are amazing just not for me because and it's crazy how we can go from like we said being silly and funny to something like that and i think one that blends both of those is uh click yeah it's another good one yeah oh gosh here's another one that's so bad it's good you ready i forgot about this it just popped my head bedtime stories oh yeah that's um, for me, I don't even think that one's so bad that's good. Because I feel like I went into it knowing it was a kid's movie. So for me, I was like, that was actually pretty good for a kid's movie because I expect it to be ridiculous and dumb. So I think if it was trying to be on the same level as his other movies, it would be dumb. But I feel like it was so aimed towards kids that I was kind of ready for like a silly thing like that. You know, I think I've seen every one of his movies. I'm trying to think. Really? I can't think of one. I because it was IMDb, but I've seen a majority of them. Let me ask you this one, because uh, I feel like it's something you've probably seen. And you're like, wait, you haven't seen that? Because my manager at work freaked out, because that's how much I like Adam Sandler. Have you seen a movie called Bulletproof? Oh, my God. I haven't seen it since it came out, but yes. Yeah, you said uh, one of the Wayne's brothers were in it. As yes. a kid, I loved them. I was like, wait, I haven't seen this movie. Really? And he started freaking out. That was uh, when we got our DVD player. That was one of our first DVDs. Not like the initial by but like a few months later we got we got that so i've been meaning to watch it um i watched the trailer so me i had seen this i don't remember and the trailer didn't do anything maybe i'll watch the whole thing and be like, oh i've seen this but i'm worried because i think this might be one of those things but since i haven't seen it it might not hold up because it looked a hundred times more cheesy and outdated than happy gilmore and so i think it's I'm, more serious too Oh, is it? Like a cop drama, like funny cop drama. Okay. I haven't seen it forever, but yeah. Okay. I told him I'll watch it soon, so I guess I could talk about it in here once I do. Did you look at the cover? Like yeah. The, the cover sticks out to me so much. Yeah, that's what he showed me. Is you'll remember it. I'm glad. Usually I remember stuff like that, and that doesn't look familiar at all. Yeah. So that's why I don't think I have, but once I watch it, I'll know for sure, obviously. That's a weird rush you just gave me there. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, i seen that cover. And then... After that, we stayed to watch the Columbus Crew game at the drive-in. I don't know if I told you that's where I watched it. It was fucking awesome. Oh, okay. And it was sold out, and people tried to get the chance going and stuff, but that didn't last, unfortunately, all the chance they do at the game. 
but it was a lot of fun. And I think I've said to you in messages, but I've been meaning to talk on the podcast if all this nonsense kept up. The drive-in, I feel like, would be the perfect place to be able to show sporting events like the Blue Jackets games, Buckeyes, whatever, because even at bars or restaurants, a lot of them don't really let that many people in. And if you do, you're all spaced out, and there's always weird restrictions and everything. And I feel like a drive-in is a perfect combination of not having to worry that about that and still being around so many people. And then they did something creative that I didn't think about that would probably annoy some people, but I think sporting events is just all about being loud and being together and everything. They were using their horns every time they scored the goal, their uh, car horns, to like do uh, beats and chants and everything. Uh, this is fucking awesome. And uh, like I said, I've been meaning to talk about that on the podcast for weeks now. Mm-hmm. And then they stole my idea. And I couldn't, I was fucking thrilled about it though, because I was like, I doubt anybody will actually do this. I just think it's a really good idea. But it was a ton of fun. They knocked, uh, well, they didn't knock Cincinnati out, but they pretty much did with a, 4-0 victory, and it was amazing. And then um, we watched them again tonight, 2-0 against New York Red Bulls. It was a great time. That wasn't a drive-in, just here at our house. But um, it's uh, obviously different with sports being back, but it's a nice change of pace, which is weird because if you all remember just like a couple months ago, I was telling them as much as I love sports, I'd prefer them not to be here if we had nobody in the stands. And... I think it would uh, kill the energy and be a lot different, which I think is partly true. I think you definitely see a different vibe. But uh, when we were watching it here, we watched a broadcast with uh, the natural sound, which is just the players on the field. And then the second half, we watched, we watched it at the first half. And then the second half, we watched it with the fake audio of the crowd. And uh, you said it, and I was going to tell you too, that it was actually uh, – better done than I thought it'd be but it still it's not right but it is a still adds a little something we didn't hear too much tonight and we were all kind of talking and everything but there is some weird times overall they do good with it kind of sinking and actually seeming somewhat natural but there is these weird times that you can tell like the audio wasn't lined up right and they'll be able to hit golf clap after like uh it's kind of it seems like a golf clap because something big will happen and then there'll be like a 10 second pause, which doesn't sound very long, but in sports and cheering, that's a big deal because that means there's a 10 second delay and hundreds of thousands of people missing something. And then it's just kind of literally like a golf clap. So I feel like they're, I can't imagine how you even engineer that. So I get how that happens, but I feel like it really takes you out of it when something like that happens. I could see that, but I think just the dead, dead quiet. Yeah. Reminds me when you're on like ESPN six and you're like found a weird ass sport yeah. that no one's at already. That's what the audio sounds like. It just doesn't it doesn't vibe right. So I feel like the pumped in noise was more natural than nothing. I feel like soccer would probably one of the easier sports to do it too, which makes me concerned if they tried in the NHL or the NFL, because soccer's so open and the big plays are so obvious when they're coming. I feel like NFL and NHL is so more fast paced and is not so much set up to it. And I also wonder if the NFL and NHL will – I don't think they're going to do like MLS does. And I feel like MLS doesn't go that strong on it where there's like booing in it and everything because if there's like an extremely bad call in the NFL, it's real obvious. And I feel like the NFL is not going to go out of their way to point out bad calls and 
do that kind of stuff in MLS, I think it's easier because player just keeps going, so they kind of just throw minor boos in there to make it feel more real. But there's like a horrendous call, you don't really hear it. So I don't know. It, it is better than I thought, but still definitely weird. Yeah, 100%. But uh, I think that's all I've been up to. Um, so we can move on to corrections, questions, and feedback. I know I got a few things. Do you got anything? Um, I feel like I did. Um, I did, but then I don't think I threw them in the notes. Um, uh, no. No. Nope. I know I talked about when I was streaming. I definitely messed up the audio again and did not switch it to mono, right? So it should be on. Where it comes out both ears. Um, mono is just one. Okay, yeah, I left out mono then when I meant to switch it over. So hope I'll remember to do that this episode because it's literally just a toggle. But once you upload it, then it's not just a toggle anymore. It's redoing like hours of work and a bunch of nonsense just to change one little setting. Which I know it's not possible, but it'd be nice if on YouTube's end you could just click a button and fix it. But I know why that can't happen. Um, and then when I was talking about the uh, free games this week or last week, I guess I realized I put the date wrong. I was only one day off, but we try and call ourselves out on uh, Xbox One WRC Eight, the official game. I said it uh, ended on July. 30th and it's July 31st so not a big deal but that and then we got an email from James you thanks buddy um, sorry let me pull it up here it's a good question too yeah um it's so good question I was just like oh shit I don't know what to answer because this is a good a great question really um do you have yours I can try and pull it well I guess I should read it first huh so he said if you guys had the opportunity to design your dream game, what kind of game would it be and what kind of mechanics would it have? You want to start? Sure. And uh, I've already thought about this many times and have tried to make it before with uh, mods on Minecraft. And I've gotten pretty close, but uh, mods are a little funky. Mm -hmm. uh, mine would be like a, a mix between the, the customization or the, the building of Minecraft mixed with Total War, I combined the two to where it's almost like a, a steampunk world where you could build your own empire and talk to, to other empires and either go to war with them or what and then build your buildings and your own vehicles, kind of like Spore, almost put a little Spore stuff in there. And it's basically like just an empire builder and then uh, like RTS mechanics. But then you can also control your guy on the ground. There was a, 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 a game I used to play all the time on PC. It's called like Heroes and something. I'll look it up and try to remember for the next episode. I still have it. But you could, it was RTS, but then you would control uh, like an OP character on the, on the ground. Um, that you would bounce, like you'd go into and be third person and then order your troops around. Something like that, like a big empire builder. But I could also still control how the buildings look and what the vehicles look like, kind of like Spore or Minecraft. And then the resource building and trading and diplomacy of civilization mixed in there. 
and just slowly take over the world in, in Minecraft or Minecraft similar. I feel like James is going to love that answer. It sounds like one of his games he'd play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Uh, and I tried to do it with mods. There's a really good French mod called Millionaire. Uh, the French word for millionaire, how the hell you pronounce that. And uh, that adds a lot in there. You can add weapons. And I tried to do that. Um, it's just so finicky and runs on such an old version of Minecraft that I almost got it, but wasn't quite there. And it was just so upsetting. So I'm glad you asked that because I already had that prepared in my mind. Like that's, if somebody gave me a, a team, that's what we'd be making. It would probably would make no money. <laughs> I would be just happy. Yeah. Okay. So what you, is yours? Um, I don't even have this for mine, but do you have any studio that you think would be perfect for that oh, or um, developer or anything? Yeah, probably uh, Total War or, or if I want to get Super Simi, because Total War would be good for the battle mechanics. It'd be nice to, to poach people that have worked on some of these games and build my own team. But maybe a Total War team uh, from Sega. Um, I don't know for the other one. Um, oh, God. Who's the guy that uh, he makes really good Sims? Um, is it Peter? <sighs> um, let me look up his name. It'd be cool to team up with him. You're not talking about Peter Molyneux, are you? The I think so. Fable? What else did he, has he made, though? Um, I don't know. I know he made that weird-ass uh, mobile game that um, he tricked everybody into. Sorry, I got them mixed up. I always get Peter Molyneux and Will Wright confused. Oh, Will Wright. Will yeah. Wright, for and sure. he did four. Yeah, Will Wright. He's done a lot, dude, like the Sim games. Yeah. Like, uh, um, but, yeah, Will Wright. I don't know why I always get those guys, two guys confused. I mean, they're kind of similar, but not really. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, mine, I definitely know the setting. And I feel like I know I know what I want the game to be, but I don't know how to describe it. So, the setting, I would definitely want to be the uh, Revolutionary War. Because I feel like there's never really been a game that's truly done that. I know Assassin's Creed did it, but it's not. That's not, you know, that's not what I'm talking about when I say Revolutionary War. And I feel like there's been so many war games and they've covered major majority of the wars, but they never touched that. And I know the biggest issue, why, and this is why I said I don't know what kind of game exactly, is that the weapon choice and the combat would be so different. But I feel like you could do a lot of interesting things with it to maybe not make it a normal shooter, maybe like going to say add uh, Bioshock elements into it, but not necessarily that. Like add your own kind of mechanics that don't seem ridiculous for the revolutionary time period. And still make it history kind of thing. So mine, I don't know exactly what I want to be. I feel like, like I said, I can picture it in my head, but I don't know how to describe it exactly. Like a steampunk? Like when you say like Bioshock. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm describing it wrong because I feel like if you do that, then it's not historical at all. And I feel like it would be really cool to be actually be able to tell a um, 
like a historical story about it instead of something fake. But we could go in that direction. That'd be interesting as well if they. You could literally make it a Bioshock game if you wanted to actually do a Revolutionary yeah. War in the Bioshock time period. And was it Bioshock Infinite where they had was it George Washington? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been trying to think about it, but I don't know how exactly to explain it. But I would love anything like that. I feel like that's like the least explored time period in video games, which is so weird. Like I said, I do understand the mechanics would be like the combat and everything would be very minimal because there's not much you could work with as far as weapons and everything. There was a super, like, simmy game that I played with me and my friend Gap played where you would get in, like, groups with, like, redcoats or Americans and you'd, you'd have, like, a guy yelling commands to you, like, aim, fire, and then everybody would fire and you see the rounds coming in. But it wasn't like nothing historical. It was purely just battles. That was like kind of army, army where you have like these guys that are taking like it's almost real world or a real real war situation and screaming at you and stuff like that. Yeah. Something like that, or do you want like a story-driven like narrative? Yeah, I was thinking like story-driven. I think because I'm sure there is games that have folks in that time period, but I feel like if they are, they're probably obscure games or PC games, not like something as well-known or a common thing. Yeah, that'd be sick. Um, another game idea I have, since I didn't give like a true answer there, I'll give a couple. Um, this is never going to happen, and it'd be oddly specific for us and most people listening. I've always dreamed of a uh, game being set in Columbus, Ohio. I think it'd be like the coolest thing in the world. Um, so I feel like the easiest answer is like an open-world Grand Theft Auto-style game, but in Columbus, which I don't like Grand Theft Auto, so I don't feel like that'd be me. But I feel like an interesting way you could do it, and actually maybe somewhat realistic as far as it being a product that could maybe come out, is doing something like a walking simulator, but not just in Columbus. I feel like you could do an interesting thing with it, like uh, as you walk through it, the uh, time period changes, and you can see how the history, like the history of the city is changing and falling apart or coming together and seeing the buildings build up around you. I feel like you could have a lot of interesting mechanics with that. That would be sick. I like the idea of that. Yeah. It's a cool premise. And I said, uh, Columbus is my favorite city that I've ever been to. I live here, but I've been to a lot of cities. It's my favorite city ever. And video games are one of my favorite things in the world. So I know it probably never happened, but I've always dreamed of that. Like I said, even Grand Theft Auto playing these massive, like, they're fake cities, but they're obviously modeled after, like, New York City or, um, LA, all these things. I'm like, this is cool, but to me, I'd way rather have something that feels more like me. And even though I don't think they would do Columbus, I don't know why city or why games and movies just always do that, just focus on these major things and don't seem to stray to other things, even if it's not Columbus. I feel like it's just so uncreative just to stick to these like five locations and everything. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, like Miami. Yeah, uh-huh. stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I love preservation too. So from a preservation standpoint of just seeing what things look like. That's one of the things I thought would be interesting because I love Columbus and I feel like I know a good amount about the history. But looking at old pictures, like a good example of how I feel like you could do this and how it would like change and everything, kind of explain how the game would work a little better, would be like uh, where Nationwide Arena is right now was the uh, biggest prison in Ohio. and. 
people still like older people are now think downtown's like the dangerous place in the world most dangerous place in the world and they can't believe people go down there because if you look at old pictures it does look horrifying there's just a massive prison like the size of a a skyline type view just a massive fucking prison and looking at that i can't even picture how that would and i was alive for it but well not alive for it being uh, open but still being there i don't even remember seeing it and also looking at HY Arena now, I can't imagine that being in that spot. And this doesn't, this thing could not be here, but obviously it was. And it was much bigger than HY Arena, so it covered so many things around there. So if you like walk through and see that changing as it happened and seeing this thing being built up and then falling apart around you and what gets constructed above it, I feel like it'd be so cool and be able to do so much history with it. And then like games like to do and make sequels and you could go to your New York if you wanted to. And as much as I would love Columbus, I, New York probably would be so much more crazy because you would see like these, like uh, gangs in New York looking city and then fucking one of the biggest cities in the world coming yeah. up around you. Even like the small, tiny things, like a part of a Facebook group that um, for the first town I grew up in and the town I graduated high school from, I joined both similar Facebook groups and it's just people from, I don't know, people who lived there in the 50s posting pictures that they took or talking about stores around the town. Even like a store standpoint, like I forgot that like, oh my god, yeah, that store was there. Yeah. Just even that kind of aspect of it would be cool. Yeah. Because like, uh, just hearing you and some of my coworkers talk about the mall that was downtown. Oh yeah, that would be cool to see. Yeah, now that's a giant park, so that's, that's what I'm saying, it'd be cool. Um, just mechanically and appearance in games because I love games but I feel like everything looks so samey that seeing something that's changing on the fly like that into a completely different landscape and colors and environment would already be fresh but also like you said in a history standpoint too and I feel like it would that was my main thing was history because I said I see all these things and I know these things used to be there but it's so hard to imagine that in your mind now because the entire city and state is so different they can't picture something like that being there like now it's a giant park you're like how would there be a mall here you just like can't picture what that'd be yeah so we should probably make it happen <laughs> let's do it crowdfunding <laughs> that could be our next project so james we appreciate the question most definitely i'm sorry i didn't give a better answer if you want to tell us if you have a a dream game because I feel like you asked this question so you probably have something in your mind I know you're creative you can let us know we can talk about it next episode and if anybody else has any corrections questions or feedback you can send to currentbackloggers at gmail.com and then we can get in the news you want to start I'm sure we have some repeat ones uh, yeah let me scroll down here to my news news uh, crazy thing came out man was that uh, you probably have it on your list but the Mario Lego set, did you see it? Um, I didn't see anything new yet. What, what was it? Oh, dude, it's so awesome. You, gotta, you probably have to look up a photo of it. Oh, you mean the pictures? Yeah. Yeah, I saw those, yeah. Oh, it looks so awesome. Did you watch like, the little uh, presentation from Lego and Nintendo for it? Yeah, no, I love that. That's uh, I didn't really talk too much about the pictures, but um, I brought that up when I talked about how fucking expensive they were. I remember to own all of it, it was like $500 or something. Unless that was a solo episode. I thought it was with you, though. Which, which Lego set are you talking about, though? The Mario ones. 
No, they just announced a new one, though. New Mario Kart. Oh, really? Park. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that then. It's awesome, dude. It's like a little CRT TV. Oh, the... Um, isn't that just an NES? No, it comes with a TV, a working TV, controller, cartridge. Oh, yeah, I saw that, but I didn't look into it. Oh, man, it looks awesome, and I hope eventually they'll add more cartridges. So basically, it's like a little CRT TV. You build the NES, and then the TV actually plays Mario. And you move Mario up and down. And if you grab Mario from another set, this like uh, animatronic one, and put him up on top, then it creates audio for the game. Even has a little cartridge you plug in, has a wire for the controller, and a lot of it's usable. Like you can actually press the buttons yeah. on it. Uh, it's one of the most creative Lego sets I've ever seen, and I really want one, but uh, not for the price. I was gonna say to get the regular set of all of them, which I guess a lot was like five hundred. So I don't want to know the price of this thing. So just the NES and TV cartridge and controller. Without the noise maker, so you still need to spend the money to buy the yeah. little guy that makes the noise, is uh, $230 just for one Lego set. That's almost the price of Xbox One. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of pieces. I forget how many pieces, but it's in the thousands, so you'd be working on it for a while. Uh, it comes out August 1st, and it's one of those things I think is going to be a huge hit. Oh, yeah. It's going to sell out in an incident uh -huh. and going to be on eBay for four or five times the amount. Yeah. Um, if I had money, I would, if I had disposable income and a huge amount of it, I'd pick it up, but without that, no. No, I hear you. That. It looks awesome. Yeah. But. Um, the next thing is, um, uh, during, during the new Call of Duty's development, they were bouncing around the idea of zombies. Did you see the screenshot yeah. of it? Oh, dude, that looked awesome. Um, um, and the artist was had made the mock-ups, and then uh, Activision allowed him to upload it on Twitter. And I felt like maybe they were, you know, this could create some buzz Kinda. behind it. Yeah. But it was basically like a Russian, like, Spetsnaz soldier and, like, two robots, kind of like doing the Michonne thing where he's kind of holding on to two robots to almost, like, keep away other zombies. But it looked awesome because they kind of got away from that that style, that campy humor movie oh, yeah, definitely. style of it, which is I think would be awesome for it. Especially they want more of like a Left 4 Dead style, because it, it always felt like useless, like you never were doing anything. It just was endless, and eventually you die. Yeah, I think that's why. Well, I've never been the biggest Call of Duty fan in the world, as you know. But yeah, that's uh, I especially cannot get into. Call of Duty Zombies, which is so weird, because I kind of like Call of Duty, like I said, and Zombies, I know everybody likes to hate on and say it's overdone, but I fucking love Zombies. Yeah. So I was like, maybe that could get me to Call of Duty, and everybody was obsessed with it, and I liked that even less than Call of Duty. I was like, I cannot get into this. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, there is things you can compete and technically beat it, but it was so ridiculous Yeah. mind-numbing. Uh, the next thing is uh, Microsoft is officially launching the, the xCloud games, gaming streaming service in September. I had that in mind. Yeah, dude, it's shocking. It's going to be bundled with uh, Game Pass at no ad currently at no additional cost. Um, I don't, once again, I don't know how financially they're making money off of that. Yeah, Game Pass just keeps getting better and better. And um, if you're smart, or even now, if you don't do... Um, buy a ton of it before they raise the price because that's why I said that was my worry and I think 
you've probably heard him talk about that on Sacred Symbols. And that's exactly what I've been saying. And I don't think Colin completely understood it. He said how they're trying to trap people in because it's a Netflix thing. And that's why I said that I feel like it's definitely what they're going to try and do because they're going to be so used to it and love it that um, you'll just, no matter what, just keep paying more. But then I feel like they're either trying to be nice, which is rare for giant companies, or they don't have the best model or something because they let you do that thing where you can add up to two or three years at the locked-in price, which Netflix and all these companies do not do anything like that. Nope. So I get what he's saying because like I, I think I thought that's what they were trying to do too, but the fact that they're letting you lock in at that price and there's no way they can change it is so crazy to me. We just get that, and especially that carries over to the next generation too and get on multiple generations at that <laughs> price. That's, that's nuts. And it's like... Uh, it's day one for their exclusives. Yeah. Yeah, the next... Fuck that even possible. Yeah, Halo Infinite, you only had to buy it, which is fucking crazy. Yep. Uh, the next thing I have is uh, Microsoft is officially halting production of Xbox One X and Xbox One S All Digital Edition consoles. I have that in mind, too. Yeah, man. In quotes, as we ramp into the future with Xbox Series X, we're taking the natural step of stopping production on Xbox One X and Xbox One S All Digital Editions says Microsoft spokesperson in a statement to The Verge. This is all from The Verge article. Um, the Xbox One S, though, they're still making those. Continue to ship those out. Which is weird. you think they'd want to make the Xbox One Xs and not the Ss. Yeah, um, I have a few thoughts about because, yeah, at first I, I was like, this cannot be real. They're just discontinuing all of these. But then I did see those certain models. And then I started thinking about it, I could be completely wrong, but I think it does make complete sense. I feel like they're uh, getting rid of those two models because S is the cheapest model. Well, not the cheapest, but I don't think they want it all digital as their Xbox on the shelves. But uh, I don't think that was the popular one either. Yeah. But I think S makes a lot more sense than the X because I think they want something so much cheaper than the Xbox Series X, so it's not like, well, which one do I get? And also so they can easily sell the old generation since they're going to be focused on a new generation. So this means the cyberpunk ones are going to just even get even yeah. better. Uh-huh. And I think the biggest reason they're probably doing it is because I know it's, I don't know exactly how it works, but I've always heard at stores that you're paying for the stores, the, like the amount of area you want in a store. So if you're having to stock four different consoles or potentially five or seven depending on how many different models that the series x are going to have i didn't even think about that yeah i feel like that has to be the reason and might point to the sign that there is going to be for sure maybe more models with the series x and i do think it's weird that they discontinued it because i feel like the store shelf part i think is why like you said definitely a big factor but you think they would just continue production and then let well, you buy it online at least but i guess also when this stuff ends production, we always see it available for years and years anyway. So, you know, they're ending production. They probably still have millions of them floating around that they can sell for the next couple of years. I know they'll probably sell more now if people know that. They'll want to try and buy them and collect them or resell them. But I'm sure they've produced millions of them that they're not going to be able to sell for a couple of years. Yeah. But uh, the next part of the news is there is a shortage in all game consoles right now even retro stuff yeah because of corona and especially uh reports of xbox one x and xbox one s shortages have surfaced in recent weeks 
And this is also from uh, another Verge article. Uh, increased demand in Microsoft and Sony's current gen consoles during the pandemic. Um, so, what I'm reading online, they expect maybe one or two more waves of console refreshments. If that's, I don't even know how you would say that. But, uh, so what happens then? I don't know. Especially with retro gaming, uh, it's going through the roof. Um, play it, trade it. Did a, they got. Is the dispatch? Uh, it is ABC6. ABC6? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's getting kind of scary. There's specifically GameCube is getting a little bananas right now. Um, I was fine with the SNES and Genesis stuff being kind of getting crazy and all that stuff because, you know, those games were around when I was a kid, but I never had a real tie to them or nostalgia. But now it's affecting consoles that I do. And it's getting scary. I don't like it. <laughs> Um, just prices are getting bananas on just dumb shit like uh, Pokemon Bank um, doubled in value which is fine uh, if that was a normally priced game but it's up to like $700 uh, Fire Emblem on the Genesis or Genesis Jesus uh, GameCube is like 250 I did see it at a retro video game store for 200 and it's probably one of those things I'm going to kick myself in the ass because I'll never see it again for that price. Uh, just dumb shit, man. Um, Steel Battalion is up to... What? Um, that game was already can be crazy, so... Yeah. Do you remember when I saw it at PAX? Yeah. For 200 I told that... So I talked to the pl the owner at Play It Trade It, and I was like, bro, I saw this, and he's like... Whoa, he's like freaking out. He's like, no way, congratulations. I was like, oh, I didn't buy it though. I'll let it. He's like, no. So, yeah, it's up to like, I'm thinking somewhere right around four or five hundred dollars now. Uh, Futurama on the Xbox has gone up from probably like a ninety dollar game to one seventy. It's getting bananas out there, and I've never seen retro video games go down. It might hit a plateau, but I think we're stuck here. And don't get me started on NCAA. <laughs> you know how many times I had the chance to buy that game for 40, 50 bucks? I was like, bro, that's too much. I don't need that. Uh, and now it's over $100, 120 130 I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's got to be the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, it, the our generation are out of college, and now they have disposable incomes, too, so they're able to buy the shit that they always wanted. It just sucks, man, and it pisses me off because um, I want games and I don't want to pay ridiculous sums for them. No, I hear you. But yeah, that's uh, all my news. So there's a video game shortage. Uh, everybody thinks they have gold. Um, I know me and uh, friend Peter found a guy on Facebook selling a shit ton of video game and stuff and he had GameCube stuff. And we're like, yeah, we're interested in it. And it's pretty retail. And he was just like, <laughs> No, I'm canceling this man due to the GameCube's prices going up, and he took everything down and refused to sell anything. Um, it's really fucking annoying when people have no knowledge of video games, and they just see video. I was at a yard sale, and this guy was probably in his 70s. Got out of car. you have any video games? I was going to each yard sale and asking. Like, I know what you're doing. You're I fucking hate it, man. I really do. I get it why they're doing it. But it's, it's the hot item that everybody asks. Yeah. And 
you could watch resellers on, on YouTube and they talk about it. They're like, I put a video game up and it sells immediately. And uh, it's just a bolo. It's the number one bolo for everybody. Be on the lookout. Is that a real term? Bolo? Yeah, that's an eBay reseller term. That's there. terrible. Bolo, be on lookout. That is horrendous. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's fucking annoying, man, because knowing the early times of me collecting video games. Yeah. And knowing what I could have bought for what I could have bought it for. Pisses me off. No, I, I get that. But yeah, that's uh, all the news I have. Okay. The first thing I had, I meant to talk about last week, I'm sure you saw, about games going up to $70 because uh, NBA 2K21, I think it would be, came out at uh, $70 on their listing. And it's been, like I said, I meant to talk about last week, it's been debated about like crazy now, but since Matt talked about last week, I thought I might as well talk about it now. But uh, it seemed like that's what all games are going to be next generation. But then I don't know if you've seen uh, some bigger games that you would expect to be $70 have been $60 on listings. So I don't know if those listings are just like stockholder things that are going to go up to $70. Or it's hard to tell what's happening because so many things are cross-gen or be able to play on both or whatever that... I don't know if you can charge $70 on one and then $60 on the other, and that's why some are happening, or what it is. And um, I think it's pretty clear games need to go up to $70. I I get both sides because I don't want to pay $70 at all. I would prefer to pay 60 or even less. But it does make complete sense how much games cost now or, or to make and everything. And how much literally everything is going up around us except games. I know, especially with parents, I'm sure you dealt with this, when games went up to $60, it was the end of the world, and they just couldn't <laughs> believe it was happening, even though, every, like I said, everything else around us is going up, and then games don't change price for decades, and then again now, like 15 years, and they're changing, and then people do the same thing. And it's, the crazy part to me is, even if they all go up to $70, I feel like... This is the cheapest of games I've ever been because it used to be a game would come out at $50 or $60, whatever time period it was, and then you wouldn't see a drop down to $30 for a year if you were lucky. Now I feel like, unless it's a Nintendo first-party game because somehow they just never dropped their price ever. Or Rockstar. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel like if you wait two months, you can find almost any game for $30. So... I get it if you don't have the money. Like I said, I would prefer not to spend even 60 I'd want them to be cheaper, but I don't think that's going to keep gaming going long term. But uh, I feel like it's kind of like seeing a movie at midnight or like in a console at launch. You're kind of paying a premium for getting it right then. If you want it right at launch, it's going to be $70. But if you're okay waiting literally only maybe a couple months instead of a year like we used to, you can get a game cheaper than you ever ever would have back then. So, I think it's kind of confusing for me. I think there's a lot more ways for them to make revenue now. Yeah. I know they complain that they're not making enough money, but uh, I think on the back ends of things, they're definitely making money. Especially uh, Activision with some of these game passes and or season passes or 
skins and things like that, but it also gets not viable, man. I think THQ Nordic's in a good medium, like uh, middle ground. And I think these companies need to realize like we don't need to be spending a hundred million dollars on making this game. Um, but I think prices have to go up. They have to inflation, let alone like I, yeah. it's bananas that they haven't gone up before. And I think some games, if they're four or five hours long, that's a forty dollar game. If a game is The Witcher Three, I could see that being eighty, ninety dollars. Kind of like how the SNES was. You know, people talk about that a lot. How different pricing was in that generation. Yeah. And it always depended on the quality or the hours of the game. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a good point as far as uh, microtransactions and game pa- or uh, season pass, all these things. I think that definitely does factor into it. Because I've heard people make that argument and people be strong against that, that it doesn't matter. And I think that does factor into it. It's just like I said, I think that factors into it and might be helping them. I feel, feel like overall, still, it does have to go up. And also, like I said, that it just seems like a weird argument because when it used to be $50, it stayed $50 for so much longer than it does now at 60 and I'm sure at 70 as far as sales and the price dropping. That if you're that kind of person, you're probably not buying a game at launch anyways if 10 or $20 doesn't matter that much more to you. So I feel like this would be better for you to be 60 or $70 and then in two months, we'll get a game for $30 instead of buying a game for $60. It just seems odd to yeah. me. I was actually just talking a couple of days ago with uh, Peter. I was like, man, when's the last time we actually paid retail for a game? Yeah. Because I'll, if I see a game I want in a retro store, and if it's not under price charting, I won't touch it. Because I think price charting is a good, it's a good immediate middle ground. Because it's like, you don't want to pay eBay prices. There's a certain game game store here in Columbus, I won't mention him, but uh, the guy runs a museum. Um, he has no plans of selling anything in his store. He will go probably about 20%, 5 to 20% higher than eBay. And if I could sit at my house, click a button, see exactly what I want, exactly what condition I want, delivered to my house in a few days, I'm not coming to your fucking store. There's no reason for me to come to your store. eBay returns are nice. They're friendly. If something doesn't work, there's no reason for you to think that you can charge eBay prices. So I go into this store knowing GameCube is going through the roof right now. Um, everything in their store is unmarked. You say you have to hold up stuff, say how much for this. And then a guy gets on price charting and goes, uh, and then charges 10% more than what the price charting is saying or eBay is saying. So I go in there, and there's already a guy there that's clearly a reseller, not a gamer. I'm guessing not a gamer, because he's picking up the Bolo, obvious, Smash Bros, and if his Mario's on the cover, and he's like, how much for this? How much for this? And then he just had enough of it and was like, what? This is more than eBay. And the guy goes, well, yeah, it's because uh, these guys were assholes, so I'm going to fuck them. Uh, I was in the store for 45 minutes looking at all their games, never said one thing to me, and I leave the store without saying goodbye, and they were huge dicks. As the door's closing, oh, goodbye, or have a good day. Um, but So you go in, everything's in display. He's got amazing stuff. It's beautiful in there. He's got really rare stuff, but it's behind display cases. And you go, how much for this? No, that's not for sale. He's got, like, 
old KB toy displays. It's a beautiful store. It's fun to go in and look because you're not buying anything. Um, I don't get how he makes money, man. So he, the guy's like, well, why is this more than eBay? And he goes, well, it's because so you don't have to wait a few days to have it mailed to your house. You can have it right now. No, I'm not getting my fucking car, fighting traffic for 10 minutes to come over and waste my gas to hope you have what I need in stock and charge eBay. eBay prices is the highest amount that you should be buying games for because of the convenience and exactly what you want and everything is in stock for a certain price. I don't come to fucking game stores to listen to you tell this one guy why you got fired at Pizza Hut instead of <coughs> fucking talking to me the customer okay and then when I walk out of your store without saying anything and then you get shitty with me and you're fucking running a goddamn museum for example Futurama uh, 140 eBay motherfucker asking $200 for it that shit is not moving <coughs> um, just shit like that uh, has probably the biggest collection of Vita games I've ever seen on a shelf. Probably a hundred games. Games thirty dollars on eBay, fifty bucks there. Who the fuck? I think people are just. He literally told the guy. He said, "Well, some people just want this stuff, and they're not really looking up stuff and coming here and buy." It. He admitted that he wants to get the clueless shopper. That's just like, oh, I need, to, I want this. I had this as a kid. And it's like, how often is that person coming here versus the person like me that's spending? I probably, no joke, probably spent about $150 a week on retro video games. I believe it. Yeah. Go hear our gaming pickups. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait till today, because I said I was stopping, and I didn't stop. This train didn't stop. So, you're just pissing me off. And guess what? I'm telling everybody I know about your store. Don't go there. If you want to see cool shit, go there, but don't expect to buy anything. Um, but then play it, trade it. Amazing owner. I love that guy. I could have hugged him. But even the Hilliard location, I mainly go to the Hilliard location, and I went to the main location, and it's just a great experience, great prices, and they're really nice guys. So if you're ever in Columbus, or you live in Columbus, check them out. Really good stores. Uh, what the hell were we talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> I could tell, because you just kept going, I didn't care. I was just like, oh, he's going to get it. I know I where we're remember. going. <laughs> um, it was a $70 games. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so... I don't even know how that even started. <laughs> I, clearly, I was ready to pop off because I'm, so, I'm still so pissed off at them. Um, so have a good day. <laughs> oh, I will. Thank you. Uh, yeah, anyway, $70 game, I think it has to happen. Uh, I think something's got to give because if not, we could be looking at another video game crash. Um, and with everybody making different consoles now, it's kind of looking like the, the 90s all over again or early 80s where it's like, Every company now has, like, a console. Yeah. Even Apple now is rumored to be doing stuff with consoles. That wasn't in my news, but I couldn't really find much much info on it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's possible. I feel like we hear that every generation they haven't. So Yeah. It probably is more likely now than ever because I know Steve Jobs was always the big thing, biggest thing holding that back because he always was against games. Yeah. So maybe it is poss more possible now, but still, that's probably just rumors, I'm guessing. I wonder if uh, letting Halo slip through his fingers. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Was ever changed his mind on that? Yeah. Um, in case anybody didn't know, that's where Halo's first shown was a a Mac keynote. 
and uh, or Apple keynote for Mac, and they showed it on the Mac, and it doesn't look anything like Halo, but they Ooh, brought RTS, right? Yeah, and it's third person. Um, but uh, well, no, it was, uh, I think they had two versions that they showed at different times. There's a third person shooter and an RTS. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, wild stuff. They didn't look anything like Halo, but it's still crazy thinking about them being on bringing Bungie on stage and what that turned into, especially that they went to Microsoft, which that was the biggest competitor at the time. Well, still is, but I feel like it's changed a lot. Um, I meant to talk about it last week or two weeks ago. It was crazy. I was watching uh, Apple's keynote from um, their last one, whenever that was, and it's so weird to see how they changed from when Steve Jobs was there. They talked about their good friends at Microsoft and Google, and they said that multiple times. I was like, man, if he's still alive, he would probably fucking murder everybody at this company if you heard him say that. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. I had to do a, a double take when I was here and I was like, what? And he brought Microsoft and it wasn't like to diss him. And he said, our good friends. And uh, this is all so weird. Everything yeah. just coming together like this. I do miss him, man. It was yeah. some really good highlights from, from when he was alive. Especially when shit wouldn't work on stage. Yeah. Oh, so passive aggressive. <laughs> Um, also, when you're going on your rant, I think we got our first shirt and you didn't realize it. Like our first shirt we can sell. Uh-oh. You said these guys are such dicks, so I'm going to fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I did? I don't remember saying that. I just, I, I think this guy seriously is a, uh, I think his parents are wealthy and he just wants to own a game store and show off what he has. It's insane. This day you go in there, you're like, Damn, you're like, you're taking photos is how nice some of this stuff is. Shit I haven't seen in forever. Like display cabinets for N64s and kiosks for every game system. and Just that alone probably gave away what I'm talking about. But uh, he's got a terrible fucking bowl cut too that I could just punch him right in the head. So, uh, fuck him. <laughs> um, the next bit of news I had was uh, Reggie fils we talked, I don't know how many episodes ago now, about him joining GameStop's advisory board. DC, he also became a strategic advisor for, I've never even heard of this company, I'm not going to lie, but Rogue Games. Have you heard of that? Why does that sound familiar? I thought it sounded familiar, too. I looked it up and I didn't recognize one of their games, so I don't know if it's just because it's such a generic name. <laughs> I was about to say, that's generic as fuck. <laughs> It's also weird that neither of us know what that is and somebody like him joined it, but I think it's also kind of cool that he joined something like that that we don't know what it is and that it's not something expected. And he said he's still going to stay on uh, GameStop's board as well. So it sounds like somebody that it's really cool that somebody that is obviously a multimillionaire and could just leave gaming altogether and not do anything probably the rest of his life left something like Nintendo and is still going out of his way to do gaming things. I feel like that shows that uh, he actually cared about games, but he's probably sick of that being his everyday life and being controlled by it. Not that Nintendo's a bad company or anything. I'm just saying anything that high up, when you're that high up at a giant company like that, I'm sure that's 110% of your time. But uh, I just thought we'd bring that up since we talked about that last time. And then, like I said, I was curious that he was off of GameStop, but I said he's going to do both of those. That's crazy. He already works on... Uh Something else, I forget. There was something else to do before GameStop. I know. I'm not sure if this is what you're thinking of. It wasn't, I don't know if it's called work. He was at 
um, some college who's doing some course there or some. Yeah, I remember that. And then there was something else too. But you got to think, somebody that can operate as a CEO of a massive successful company, they're on a whole different level. Like yeah. if you listen to their schedule, it would make you tired. So I think yeah. he's doing it sounds like he's spread, getting spread thin, but these guys operate at a whole different level. They don't retire. They're just robots. If you listen to Reggie talk, too, you're like, yeah, that guy's definitely a robot. <laughs> he literally did that. Remember with the Nintendo Direct? It was the, uh, oh, God, he had a name. It was what, the Reggiebot or something? I think I remember that, yeah. The Re- oh, the Reginator. That was the it. The Reginator, yeah. He even played into it and became a thing. Because I think... Uh, the year, almost the year to date before that one was the the puppet. <laughs> I think that was a good one. You know, I um, as much as I miss E three and all these weird events we're having, I realize that the thing I miss most is that all these weird events, all these separate things that are not going to include Nintendo in any way. And I want a classic, not even classic, because Nintendo directs everything now. I'd love a real old time Nintendo press conference, <laughs> but uh, even a direct. I could use one of those right now, but no Nintendo this year seems really weird. Especially in the Wii days. Yeah. Those were the worst. The Wii music. Yeah, that one was the best with the drummer. Oh, that was so <laughs> awesome. You can look at the cringe compilations on those things. And that was surrounded by uh, like some of the craziest E3s, and then you had Nintendos in there. I'm thinking about the Wii guy right now. <laughs> the, the cringe and the Wii days. Uh-huh. Um, what did he say again? It was like the Wii's were for babies or something like that. Or the oh no, sleeps for babies. Gamers S- play all night. Yeah, sleeps for babies. <laughs> That's a legend. Yeah, you can look that up on YouTube. It's the Wii Super Fans fantastic video. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if you saw, but Jeff Keighley announced another um, summer games fest for tomorrow. So by the time you hear this, it will already be over. But you can obviously watch on YouTube. And it's all for uh, the DualShock controller, or the uh, DualSense controller. Oh, wow. He's going hands-on with it, which uh, seems weird because all it is is a controller. And I think it's kind of funny that there's a press conference, essentially a press conference for a controller. But uh, aside from it being funny and making fun of it, because I'm sure it's going to become a meme and jokes and everything, I actually personally think that's really cool because you don't normally see something like that. And I think it's cool that it's not from Sony. They gave it, I'm sure that he has to say th- certain things to be able to agree to do it and everything. But I think it is cool that they're giving it to somebody else to show it off and not in Sony's hand to control completely everything about it. And uh, he did a quick teaser video of it and it looks even cooler. I was going to say in person, but it's not really in person, but it's not just like a still screenshot like we've been seeing. And it looks even cooler in the video. So I'm excited to be able to see it tomorrow and I said once this is over, it'll already air, but you can watch it on YouTube. Yeah, I think it's a good idea, too, because that's probably the... Everybody knows the Xbox controller is going to be great, and PlayStation's kind of lacked, lacked in that department, so yeah. that could sell a lot of people on it. Um, then the next thing I had was from Aaron Greenberg of Xbox. He said that uh, he knows everyone's excited for the Xbox Game Showcase next Thursday and he's seen some of the expectations and is um so so if this is helpful the show has one focus games no business devices or similar news just games a whole show about our of show 
my whole show about hour long focused on games. Okay, so that was a typo. Felt like it was going crazy there. <laughs> so the reason I brought that up is uh, pricing. Yeah, I feel like that's a sign that you're not going to see the pricing release date. And I feel like a lot of people are thinking that. I already, uh, again, didn't think it was going to happen. I was going to talk to you. I think this is probably the most likely time it would have happened so far. But I still, because I know that that's what you've been waiting for and thinking. But I did think they were still, I think they are just trying to play chicken with Sony and holding off. And I feel like if they really do have this much games to show, they're just going to want to try and pile that on. And that will make it force, kind of force Sony's hand to eventually do something about it if they just keep showing crazy shit. Yeah, I think uh, you look at the history of game consoles, it's usually who's the cheapest is the winner. Yeah. Of a game. Like even, Jesus, man, when you're comparing the Sega to the Nintendo or Neo Geo or, Jesus, so many consoles that came out that were super expensive and they were more powerful, but they lost out because nobody wants to pay that. Yeah. Or it's like, why would I pay that when I'm getting the same, similar, similar experiences for quarter of the price, half the price. Yeah. Um, I also, I'm just so excited for this show. Like the last one that Xbox did was so anticlimactic and I know it was a different kind of show and it was third party and, but still it was, even with those expectations, it was so underwhelming. And I feel like that's been a common theme in uh, all these press conferences and why well, I hope we really have a real E3 next time. Everything just seems so underwhelming and I hope this is finally different because this way like I said, the, this was, I thought, going to be the year of E3 coming back and building it back up. Because I felt like the past couple of years have been so slow for obvious reasons that they were hiding so much because of what was coming. And now we're pretty much here and we're not seeing anything crazy really at all. And somehow seems almost more underwhelming than last time. I was going to put the pricing thing in my news because I did see a rumor, but I couldn't find anything to back it up. They're supposed to, Xbox is waiting until August to announce the price. That makes sense. It's insane, though. I don't think that's ever happened for, in, at least in modern times, for yeah. games. Um. <coughs> it's kind of weird to think games consoles used to release, like, have soft releases. Yeah. Like, when the NES came out, you could only get it, like, in New York City. Yeah. And they slowly spread out over time. Um, so, the logistics of it, like, even, like, reading books and listening to documentaries about the guys trying to keep the the logistics behind behind that and that was for like five or six stores now to think about every store has these things or once once a piece of them yeah even uh going globally this is the first time ever that ps5 is going to be available at the same time and not every country but every country is going to be available in so even i need to come just in america which is even more crazy but i'm saying even going farther than that now Though we are so much more advanced even now, we still weren't doing it globally until literally this year. So, and some companies, Nintendo especially, would weaponize. Yeah, would weaponize the if a store did something they didn't like. I definitely strongly recommend people uh, read or listen to console wars. It blew my mind at how dirty yeah. dirty Nintendo can be. Um, but yeah. Um. I'm really excited for this press conference, especially being a Halo fan. I just can't wait. I yeah. just keep thinking about it. And like I said, I know I said it multiple times, but 
I don't know how they don't focus on Halo for a good chunk of time that we're this close to it months away and we've seen two teaser trailers and uh, they've been making it for by the time it comes out more than half a decade I feel like this thing's about to be crazy and I mean I'm gonna love the game I'm not I shouldn't say no matter what but even if it's just as good as Halo 5 which obviously I hope it's different and better I'm still gonna love it just because I don't think there's been a bad Halo game yet, and I can't see 343 just completely dropping the ball. But I really do hope this is something not completely different. I was about to say that, but I don't want it to be completely different. But something brand new in there or something that brings people back that have abandoned Halo because I feel like that's what they need. They don't, they'll have me and all of you always love Halo, and I'll still enjoy it. But I feel like they need to bring it back to get all these people to don't care about it and just play Fortnite or just play Call of Duty or all these things. Like in the mainstream. Yeah. I think Xbox got a real, real problem on their hands when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Think about Xbox One. What what exclusive game was in the mainstream? I really can't think of one. Yeah. Especially thinking ones that wasn't a sequel or a continuation of a series that was also exclusive. That's even smaller list. Yeah. When you think about Gears of War, man, Gears of War is everywhere. Everybody's talking about that. Halo is everywhere. Everybody's talking about that. Uh, Mass Effect, which is not exclusive anymore. But. Yeah. I also, I feel like I hope this every time, so I wouldn't be surprised it doesn't happen, but with it being a new generation, I feel like this is the most likely time to finally bring Rare back and do some crazy shit with them or maybe maybe uh, make a new Conquers game or do something crazy. And I really hope they do, but I'm worried because I feel like Rare is one of the coolest developers of all time. And I think people go a little too far and say Microsoft ruined them. So I think they've done a lot of cool things. I think the Rare question is one of the coolest things they've ever done. The uh, Viva Pinata I think is super underrated and a ton of fun. I feel like they do stuff, but I feel like they have taken away so much of their creativity and talent which is such a bummer because they bought them from nintendo and that was one of the biggest acquisitions because that was like nintendo's biggest studio and then they kind of just let them you know i won't say how they treat them because they might treat them completely fine but like seeing how from the outside it seems like they treat them like they're just like a some no-name developer which is so crazy yeah i think you're right I forget how often they released games on the, the SNES compared to yeah. Xbox consoles. It's ridiculous. And Sea of Thieves is so original. I had yeah, a lot of fun that, with that. I know I was missing something. Um, I feel like the one people are talking about the most if they do come back is Perfect Dark, which I've always liked Perfect Dark, but I think that would be the least exciting just because as much as I love first-person shooters, they're so overdone, and I feel like that's with their creativity they could do so much more than a first person shooter and do something real crazy even if it isn't even if it is something they've done before like a new Conquers game or something I feel like could make that current and bring it real crazy and games are so afraid to be offensive now that I feel like a game like Conquers would be so fucking funny take like the South Park route yeah it'd be awesome and then the only other news I had was I feel like this has been talked about a lot but Microsoft put this out themselves it says, it's our intent for all Xbox Xbox One games that do not require Connect to play on Xbox Series X at the launch of the console. 
which, uh, like I said, I feel like it's what has been expected and talked about a lot, but this is a quote directly from Microsoft, which is so crazy compared to what we talked about with Sony and how many times we went back and forth and them talking about how it would be 100, some of the most beloved 100 games at launch, and then they said all of them, and they said they're not sure. And I feel like it does weird that feel weird that uh, it says they intend to, because I feel like they're kind of giving themselves an out there when it seemed like the whole time they were committed to it. But maybe that's just because, like, license or something, if they don't have one game that can transfer over, everybody won't be like, well, you said all games would be there, so maybe they're just trying to cover themselves for the potential games that can't cross over. Yeah, because I think uh, they can do whatever they want when it comes to their side of the things, their end, on their end. Um, you know, Colin talks about that a lot, how engineering-wise they're – far spirit of Sony. Yeah. And I think they have the power to make everything play on one box, but it comes down to the legality of it and making sure everybody's getting their cut. And uh, licenses are still good. I wonder if that means there's not 360 games. I know that's been talked about pretty often that 360 games would be, but they don't seem to even talk about them there. Okay. And even, even now, 360 games aren't completely playable on it, so I do think it'd be a stretch to think all of them could be. be nuts. But, yeah. But uh, if they're just abandoning all together, that'd be kind of a bummer because it would be kind of cool to have a Xbox that could play all but one generation on it. Would next week be uh, when we make predictions um, for the Xbox press conference? Um, it would actually be on a day, the Xbox press conference would be on a day of the podcast. So we already watched Xbox by then. So I didn't know you wanted to do predictions. I totally would have done that. Oh, I just was going to say real quick in passing. Do you want to do them now? Um, do you want to wait to a certain part in the show? Is there any time you could do a, a special podcast before Thursday? Maybe. Or we could even, would you want to record it before that we watch Xbox? Yeah, if you can come over that early, I'm down. What time? Um, it starts at 12 for Xbox. Noon? Yeah. Maybe we can plan somewhere we could do a little side thing. Yeah, just because I do like that, and I've always thought about doing something like that, but I know I'd force and just throw random things out there instead of actually putting some thought into it. And maybe we could have some crazy guesses, but maybe having some things that land, I think it'd be cool. Yeah. So we can do that. Cool. Um, were you going to say anything else? No, that's it. All right, so what are your uh, media pickups this week? Oh, Jesus. Okay, buckle up. Uh, so remember when I said I was done buying it didn't happen because uh, the market shot up ridiculous and I was like oh, I gotta get in there and get a little bit more before the door closes uh-huh. um, so I got Mass Effect 3 on the 360 uh, free from Peter because he accidentally bought it twice Halo 4 not for resale edition uh, because Peter accidentally bought it twice um, Mystery Team which is like a blockbuster rental copy version of uh, Travis Gambino movie with uh, Audrey Plaza. It's uh, probably, I don't know, 15 years old, 12 years old. Uh, that's from Free From Peter. Uh, Infamous on PS3. I've been wanting that for a while, and I found it at Goodwill. Have you played that? I can't remember. Oh, it's so good. I'm not... I think some mechanics would seem dated now, but 
I think overall it's to be a fun game. Yeah, man, I'm excited to one day get a PS3 and be able to pick it up. Yeah. Then I got Condemned 1 and 2 at Goodwill for the 360. Um, I thought I already had this, but I told Peter, you know, that we could exchange it because um, I told him it's a great game. It's Stuntman Ignition. Um, I think it was an Xbox Live free game. It's so weird to say Xbox Live now. Like, it didn't feel right. Um, then I got Assassin's Creed Rogue limited edition. It was a 360 exclusive when the Xbox One came out. Yeah. Which I thought was weird, but I never picked it up, um, so I decided to pick it up. And then I picked up a PSP 1001 at a Goodwill. It came with Madden 11, Madden 09, NCAA, or NCAA Football 09, Mod Nation Racers, <laughs> Call of Duty. Um, which is weird to think about. Madden 11 was on the PSP. I looked it up. What year do you think was the last PSP game? Uh, ever created just yeah. any PSP game? The last one. Um, twenty sixteen. Good job. Oh, is that what it right is? on the I money. I know you did it way later. Like Japanese companies were still releasing and stuff. Yeah, it was actually the. Uh, oh gosh, I forget the name of that game company, but they have one game that they've released on like every console. Um, I still need a charger. Um. What do you think about Bethesda? With uh, Skyrim? No, no. no that'd, be, that'd be they fucking just, hilarious. Do you see there's already rumors about them remastering to PS5? Oh, I thought it was clickbait, but it's real. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Um, let's see. Oh, then it also came with NBA 2K11. This is some of the most normal games ever. <laughs> Uh, Call of Duty and sports titles. Uh, I needed a charger for it, so, but I also need a charger for my the Vita that we bought last week, and I purchased it from that guy on eBay, and he's over at Lewis Center, and I was like, oh, I'll have this in a day or two. He still hasn't sent it out, man. I'm still sitting there waiting for it. It's getting kind of ridiculous. So, um, I got two things to say. First off, how much was all the PSP stuff? Uh... PSP 1001 was 30 bucks. With all those games now? Yeah. Uh, it's not bad. And also, I don't know if you played Mod Nation Racers. I don't know about the Vita, and not the Vita, the uh, PSP version. But uh, the PS3 version, did I just repeat myself or am I losing my damn mind? Did I say PSP and then PS3? Yeah, okay. you did. Um, the PS3 version, I think, is actually probably the best kart racer besides Mario Kart. Wow. It was so cool. And. Even though I don't think it's as good as Mario Kart, there's definitely things it does way better. The uh, customization, it's like Little Big Plan. I don't know if you remember that. Sony for a little bit was doing a whole series of create, play, and share games, and that was the one that came after Little Big Planet. Wow. And it was a, a kart racer with real good mechanics, but like the customization and building of Little Big Planet, so your character could be almost anything. And then um, same with the worlds, people created like Mario Worlds or like. Sonic World, like, you know, all the things people do with creative and characters would look, look just like them, or you could do just different skins and all kinds of stuff. I feel like uh, I didn't get enough attention because, well, for one, it's not Mario, so it's not going to get as much <laughs> attention. And then also, that was a time period where uh, PS3 was way overpriced and struggling a lot still. And also, they were 
struggling so much that they're releasing so many big games that just got buried and not going to get any attention with games like Resistance and all these other games coming out that are way bigger than it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, that's probably the big highlight out of that set that I wanted to try because I messed a little bit on the Vito with uh, Mod Nation Racers. Um, but that's maybe one or two. Oh, it was on Vita as well? Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yep. Like I said, I'm not sure about the Portal version. I only played PS3, but I'd imagine they ported over at least decently. Uh, and then I went to go spend my $5 coupon at GameStop. I got uh, SX or SS. What? SSX. I'm so tired. Blur. It's a. It's a blur. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the Wii, it's a Wii exclusive. I always like that uh, that game series. Yeah. Um, and then Dungeon Siege Three, which was my free game. Free dungeon. So I got both of those for two dollars at GameStop, which is weird to say. Um, and then we went to Dollar Tree, and they had Assassin's Creed Lineage, that uh, little short. Yeah. They did on Blu-ray, so I picked that up for a dollar. There you go. Um, and then we'll get to the, we'll do probably half-price books after that. Uh, this was a PSP game I wanted for a while. Um, uh, I think it's pronounced G-N D-Arc? Drone D-Arc? I don't know. But some guy posted on a Facebook group about it. I was like, man, it looks good as shit. So I picked that up, and then I found Pikmin on the GameCube. That's one of the games that's shooting up in value right now. So I figured I might as well grab that real quick. Um, and this other game called Dai Senraku, some shit like that. It's a <laughs> Japanese RTS that they ported <laughs> to the original Xbox. Um, then I went to, man, I knew I was gonna, there was gonna be some crazy shit coming out of this, but I went to a pawn shop, a bunch of pawn shops looking for this stuff. Sure as shit, they knew all the video game stuff was going through the roof. <coughs> this uh, pawn shop, they had prices on everything, but then they're like, well, we can't trust any of these. We have to look up everything. So uh, that was a little heartbreaking because gaming's going through the roof right now. But they had a massive Dreamcast uh, Dream Dreamcast lot, and there was a game there I've been looking for called Zombie Revenge. It's also the most generic name in the world. say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's like a $50 game, but this copy was wrecked. It was complete, but it was destroyed. Even, like, the staples in the, the manual was rusted. And so I was like, bro, I can't. I can't. What do you want for this? And he's like, hmm. He looked at the loose price. It was like 25 Bro, you're coming out too high. This thing doesn't even look like it would play. So we're going back and forth for a while, and <laughs> I whittled him down to $4. And took it to play it, trade it, and they resurfaced it for me for $5. So it was like 9 bucks. Yeah. Um... It was also disgusting, too, because the pawn shop was doubling all of their console prices. You go into a pawn shop right now, Casey, ask, you go, hey, do you guys have video games? Man, we're sold out of every console, except for Lev's, because they went back and like were like, oh, shit, they're pretty on it, and raised prices with, with the coronaflation. Um, but, yeah, so coronaflation can suck a dick. It's is really this a turn that's happening? Or you just said I that? just made that up. Okay. Because it's ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Shit is done. Si you go to price charting. They have graphs. In six months, shit is doubled for no reason at all. 
It'd be except you motherfuckers just sitting at home, <laughs> sitting on eBay, clicking and buying stuff. Um, before we keep going, we're not cut off over here, are we? Just want to make sure that. Yeah, we're okay. still going. We're All still right. we're still going through it. Um. And then uh, I finally found Dead Space ex- Extraction for the Wii. Yeah. And it's hard to find a good copy of that for some reason. It's usually destroyed. Also, also pawn shops in Columbus are weird. If you, you go to them. Have you ever been to them? Only a couple of times, actually. Bro, they are always so weird. The owners <laughs> walk around with guns on their hips. Yeah. Everything is, you press a beep, and you bu- they buzz you into the building. And then uh, every door is like, you have to, hey, can you buzz me out? And it's like a two-step process to get in and out. And they... Everybody's armed to the teeth. Every clerk has a gun on their hip. The one where the guy was like charging, raising his prices while you were asking about them, he had like the holster with the two pistols, one here and one here, and like magazines on the side. He had a thick Russian accent. I've never felt safer in my life because <laughs> he didn't take shit off nobody. These guys kept pressing the buzzer to get in. He's like, two people, time, that's it. And they didn't hear him. What, man? You stared at him like this. I never felt safe in my life. I actually preferred that. I was like, oh, this is great. Because they, they're in pawn shops in Columbus are in the worst areas. Yeah, that's why I've only been a couple of times, not just the worst areas, just because it all seems so weird and it's not very weird. pleasant. No, there's cameras everywhere, and they're watching. You're like, oh, I can't believe it. What is he doing? But I feel incredibly safe because everyone's just armed, and um, I prefer that. But, yeah, so uh, – I went to a pawn shop, Dead Space Extraction. This guy also had a massive pistol on the side of his hip. Picked it up for $5. That's another game that's shooting up or going up in value. Um, then Fracture, which is from one of the last LucasArts games. I yeah. really liked it. Yeah, we talked about it on here before. Yeah, so I was like, I, I, was like, I sold my, my original, so I was like, let me pick that up again. Um, Singularity, just because I have a feeling that's going to be another rare game in the future I think I already have a copy of it but uh, I told Peter if I have any doubles um, the stuff I picked up I was like these are good games and you'll like them um, that's all my pickups okay or no 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 I'm sorry oh Jesus I forgot to play it trade it <laughs> so I went to play it trade it and scoured their Xbox stuff because I was inf- I'm afraid that original Xbox is the next thing to go up so I got uh, Naughty Bear Gold Edition. I think you talked me into that. Yeah, I haven't played myself yet again, but I need to. Yeah, you talked me into that. And he also had the, it's the Gold Edition, so it has the original game and all DLCs. Yeah. And he priced it for regular Naughty Bear, the same. So, but it's like tw- it's worth like twice the amount or three yeah. times the amount. So I picked that up. Um, then Fatal Frame 2, which is an incredibly rare yeah. original Xbox game. Uh, two games that I owned, but I sold to buy my PS4, is uh, Evil Dead, A Fistful Boomstick, Evil Dead uh, Regeneration. They're rarer games, and unfortunately I sold them to buy my PS4. Um, biggest mistake. I sold so much retro games to buy that thing, and now those games are worth way more than the PS4. <laughs> Uh, I picked up this weird game. I never heard of it. It's called War Tech. It's a very Asian, like a Japanese-style game. It's like a shmup. Uh, Freedom Fighters. I loved that as a kid. Did you ever play that? Freedom Fighters. Isn't that the name of the game that we all got on Vita? 
No, that's Freedom Wars. All right, Freedom Wars. No, I haven't played Freedom Fighters. Oh, it's good. It's like not by name, I don't think so. You're like a resistance group, and then you're being invaded or some shit. Uh, Terminator 3, The Redemption, kind of another sought-after rare game. Uh, Pulse Racer, and Blood Omen 2, Legacy of Kane, and Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee. And that's everything. I think my total for that was, Jesus, like 160 for all that. Oh, so I, I had this stack of games at Play It, Trade It. I was like, can you, like, I talked to the owner, he's like, man, if I'm buying a big stack, you uh, discount this a little bit? And he's like, man, with the way pricing's going, you're getting a really good deal already because he hadn't updated his prices because he's not a fucking pawn shop that just wants to have a price on the item. You all take this. And they go, well, that's actually not the price. But so um, I was like, what can you do for me? And I had a DVD. I found a really rare DVD I've been looking for for a while. It was CKY 1 through 3. I love those things. But for some reason, they're out of print. And because of licensings and some lawsuits, they can't remake them exactly the same. Yeah. So I think it's like a $40 DVD, $30, $40. And he gave it to me for free. So I was like, that works Not bad. So I started watching those today. God damn it, they're so good. God, I would, I would suck a mean dick to get back to being a kid. I'm telling you, man. I would, do, you know, you couldn't, couldn't reverse that. But uh, um, <laughs> that'd be super illegal. But, uh, oh, man. Buying original Xbox stuff and CKY stuff, it just it felt, felt so 2003 or some shit. Very nostalgic. I think that's part of why I'm so excited for Halo and why I want other people to come back in, not just want it to be for me. Obviously, I think it's going to be quality. I'm excited for the game, and I want to do all that. But I also want to be reminded of a time where you got an Xbox, and you're like, oh, my God, everybody's excited for Halo. Everybody's on Halo. Like, now you get on, and there's a handful of people playing Fortnite or Call of Duty, but everything's kind of divided, and nobody's... Like, you knew as soon as the Halo game launched that... The next day at two o'clock, you get on. Everybody would be on Halo. Whole friends list. Yeah, that was so great. Yep. Um, and then you could tell whose parents went and bought it for them because they're playing the the older Halo. Yeah. Wishing it was the new Halo. Um. That, that is, I've never thought. I haven't thought about that. That's oh, so really? true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would remember like the night before. I was like, oh man, tomorrow's gonna be a Halo day, and then you get on there and just see. Everybody's games changing Halo, and then you'd see the people that most people weren't ordering stuff online then. So you'd see people got theirs late because online wasn't always consistent like it is, well, it is for the most part now. So you'd see people that you go, wait, why aren't you playing Halo? And, oh, I'm still waiting for it. It's supposed to be here. It was just those are like the only people that weren't on Halo or the people that were waiting for Halo. Yeah. Um, and he talked about CKY. I was actually talking to somebody recently. We need to watch... Uh, all the uh, jackass movies because I feel like our friend group hasn't done that and I also want to see some reactions because I feel like some people are not going to be able to handle it and I want to see when people leave the room <laughs> and what they I'll can't do I'll fucking body slam them because <laughs> um, that's like very that collection of stuff is very personal for me and if someone pulls that PC shit with jackass oh uh, well I think there'll definitely be some people to do that but I think I don't not talking about PC things I mean like the uh, diarrhea and that kind of stuff <laughs> oh, okay, okay. yeah like the people that just can't handle shit like that I thought you that's some of the funniest shit. well that definitely I think is a possibility 
But yeah, I meant more so the stuff that I think is some of the funniest stuff. I can definitely see why other people can't handle it. <laughs> Which one is it? Jackass 3 where it starts out? The volcano? Yeah. <laughs> oh, those movies are so good, man. <laughs> I tell you what's really nostalgic too is with that CKY DVD is a brochure of everything that oh, yeah. Banner had for sale. I forgot about uh, was it Haggerty? Yeah. Uh, what a pile of shit that <laughs> was. Um, yeah, man, I would definitely be down for that. Okay. Um, my media pickups are pretty similar this week. I bought a soundbar for my TV upstairs. That's it. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> I, this honestly has to be it, though. Oh, I don't care. You're fun forever. I thought it was funny that I don't even have a game, and there's just one piece of equipment. Uh, no, I just have to be, like, I got to stop buying shit. Because <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. It's called the current backloggers. I'm supposed to be going through my backlog, not adding to it. But I got scared, man. I was like, I got to get in there yeah. and get something before this door closes. But I was excited to get the soundbar. I ha- already have a really good soundbar down here that I put in my games, but upstairs where we watch most stuff when people come over or do our lost nights like we did tonight, the TV can just not keep up with all of us talking and everything. And also the quality of the soundbar is just so much better, even if we could hear it. That And you get the uh, subwoofer with it, so you get some bass in there. So It's amazing how good those are. Yeah. That thing was uh, only $90, too, and it was refurbished. and. Came with everything you needed. All the cables were there and everything. What I like about them, too, is you don't... Other surround, sounds, surround systems, they give you those little ones they want you to position around. Oh, yeah. We've got time for that. Yeah. That. Yeah, unless you're actually doing, like, a true home theater, I think that's just kind of overkill and unnecessary and also annoying to have all those things around. Yep. Um, so, what have you been playing this week? Um, I've actually been going through the backlog consistently. Just adding way too many games at the same time. Uh, let me get up here. Are we doing watched or played? Played. Played, played. Uh, Gears Judgment. I beat it. There you go. Beat it in about two days. Yeah. It's a pretty abrupt ending. Kind of killed the last bad guy and then there's... Oh, yeah. I remember that. It. Yeah. There's no even like a little like, what happened after? Nothing. Uh, there was so much more I felt like I could have done with that game. With the Pendulum Wars yeah. and everything going on. It just felt very rushed. Uh, it's like a four-hour campaign. Totally fine. Um, but then they added Gears 3 DLC as well. In in with that. Is that the multiplayer? No, it's like a continuation of the... Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember playing that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go back and play that. But I had to delete it. Because um, I was installing Halo 5, and my hard drive, what the fuck? <coughs> if you wanted Master Chief Collection, Halo 5, and Call of Duty, that's like 400 gigabytes. It's impossible. So I had to delete Gears Judgment to make room for... Halo 5, because I also played and beat Halo 4. I saw you were playing Halo 4. That wasn't on, like, the Master Chief collection, was it? Just the regular Halo, Halo 4? Yeah, just the regular one. Why were you playing 4? Didn't you say you wanted to go through all of them, or is that just the first one you hadn't beaten before? 
Uh, I've actually beaten all of them. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, okay. We did them all. We did. We uh, finished off with you with Reach. Oh, you? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So besides Spartans Assault, those are the ones I haven't played. So uh, Halo Four, I beat it. Um, I had some issues with it though, man. Did you? One of the things that threw me off and it shouldn't have thrown me off was they changed the voices of the grunts just slightly. Did you notice that? I didn't, but I know uh, it used to be one of the voice actors that, or writers at Bungie was originally the voice, so maybe they weren't allowed to use it. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like it. It sounded different. Also, Master Chief, this is not really a spoiler, it just happens at the beginning, has been locked up for four years, whatever, and it's... How did his armor... I felt like his armor looked different from Halo 3. I'm sure it did. I feel like... Um, I feel like uh, that stuff does happen. Uh, I don't... I don't know. I care about the story a lot, but at the same time, I I don't have a huge issue if they do want to try and make it look different just to keep up with current times or things like that that should matter in the story, but I don't feel like I truly do. I love the way the weapons felt, though. Yeah, I feel like I was actually doing something. And that intro cool. is so great, breaking out of the uh, chamber and going in. And like that uh, first-person view with the elite that's hanging over the edge and tries to kick you off. Is that four or five? Must be five. Okay. Yep, I'll figure that out soon because I just downloaded five. That took me all day, by the way. Nine hours to download that for some reason. You said you beat in five as well, because we didn't do that one. No. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I thought there was something you were missing. <clears throat> yeah, so five's next, and then uh, then I want to do Halo Wars. Okay. So the so plan's to hopefully have that done before the press conference. You've never beaten Halo 5 in general, though? Nope. Okay, that's what I was mixed up with. Nope. Um, yeah, I love the feeling of the weapons. Uh, the story's really good. I enjoyed it, except for the where they kind of lost me was when, spoilers, so you might want to skip ahead if you haven't played Halo 4. When he talks to the forerunner lady, and she's telling him about how the uh, the Prometheans are actually humans, I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" I felt like someone had to watch like two or three times to fully understand what the hell she was saying. Um, and then there's the mission with the broadsword, the ship. Do you remember that one? Yeah. The dodge. Oh, that was amazing, and it just gets me excited for the new Star Wars game. I could go for a ship. A ship sim. I could have played a whole Halo campaign with that broadsword. Um, the dodging and shooting shit. Um, there was some corny dialogue in that, so sometimes. Like, what the hell? Why are we, why are we talking like this? But uh, I did find out the lead writer, um, Christopher Schleifler. He also wrote Andromeda, and that's the really the only two things that he's done besides some Halo books. I feel bad for that guy. He's got some some bad blood, and I don't think he's really done much since then. I didn't see. Um, the bad guy's really cool, the Forerunner. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's really awesome. Kind of reminds me of Thanos. Yeah, I like him a lot. One of the Thanos' generals. Especially the way he like makes people disappear and shit. Um, that scene's so awesome when he hits that... Spoilers. Hits those those lab technicians. I forget the lady's name. Every layer just goes. Yeah. Oh, beautiful stuff, man. Yeah, Didact's um, uh, a great name, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a sick name. Um, but then the ending was very Call of Duty-esque. 
Spoilers. The bad guy like falls off a cliff and then you crawl. Oh, yeah. You're crawling quick time events. But uh, that felt like a lot of games were like that during that time. But I enjoyed it, man. It was a lot of fun. I'm really excited to see uh, what you think of the intro of 5 because I think it's so fucking cool. And really? I mean, I kind of spoiled it, but I don't think by the time you play it, I don't think you'll remember it. Or I think it's so much cooler when you see it happening. It's weird. I feel like this is kind of an example of what I was talking about with Infinite. It doesn't really feel like Halo, but it doesn't at the same time. It doesn't feel like they abandoned it. It kind of feels like an evolved, uh, like in Halo Evolved, which is uh, a terrible pun because combat evolved. But uh, it does kind of seem like a natural progression of it, and it just seems so cool. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get into it. Um, and then I played Dragon Quest One. I'm right at the end of it. I've been kind of holding off because I don't want it to end. And granted, I've been playing this game on and off for like a year. Just any time I have free time, I'll just somewhere waiting somewhere I'll just pick it up and play it um this is the grinding aspect I never really thought I would enjoy grinding in games but Colin enjoys that in games I was like there's maybe something to it maybe I'm playing the wrong grindy games I think I was right I'm really enjoying that you throw on a TV show and just go around with your guy level up it's very very rewarding um still my biggest issue with the man is the old English it's so (laughs) stupid and they're supposed to give you like little hints if you can decipher what the hell they're saying in old English. And I don't know how the hell people anybody would beat this without a guide. Like the the code, it's like they're using a different language or a code or something. But yeah, so that's what I've been playing. I would have played Halo Five today, but for some reason, yeah, hundred gigabytes for that one game. Um. You said you still need to be Halo Wars as well. Have you played the first one? Yeah, Halo okay. Wars 2. Sorry. Okay, that's what I thought because yeah. I was going to say I was supposed to be our next game, so I didn't know if you need to play the first one first. Sorry, I should probably explain a little bit. I wanted to go back and play Halo 4 and 5 before Halo Wars 2, so that's why I quickly I beat Halo War, or Halo 4 in one day. I was like, i got to get through this, through these so I can keep up with the podcast, but also I feel like I'm not missing out on anything story-wise. No, I like that, and I, um, not that everybody's on my friends list, but I had to do a double take when I saw you on Halo 4, and it kind of reminded me of that, so <laughs> I'm like, guys, I'm Halo, yeah. like, this is great. Um, it's on Master Chief Collection, though? Yeah, that's why I was going to ask you why you played 4, because, like, that version of it, because I you want to play on Master Chief Collection, get the new achievements and everything. I didn't know that, because, it like, it's not on Game Pass. I was like, thank God Peter just picked it up uh, for me. Probably, that's probably the reason, because it... Not everything first party went back like uh, retroactively, so not everything in Microsoft's history is on there, and they probably left that one off on purpose because Master Chief Collection, since it's in there, they probably took four off for that reason. Is it free? Yeah, it's part of the collection. Motherfucker. Motherfucker Jones. Yeah, Reach and ODST were added, like additional payments or free depending on when you got it, but uh, one through four were all, all on there. And those are those are such short campaigns and really really high of playability. So I yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely play it again. Yeah, that's uh, you know I don't like doing things over, and that's one of my least favorite things about games. But Halo, that's why I say anybody that wants to play on co-op, I can do it. It's just so much fun. And the lore is amazing. You feel like you pick up something new each time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's even more reason if you haven't played on a collection because you'll get more achievements and all these new things you don't have. Yeah. Um, and I'm not 
degrading or downgrading. Yeah. So, I haven't played Halo Wars 2 aside from the first time I... So I haven't played any more of it yet, but uh, I didn't because I decided to play more Sunset Overdrive. And I know, like I said, if I don't do that now, I'm going to abandon it. So I'm trying to do some more before I move on to Halo Wars 2. So I played some more of that, got some more achievements in it, and um, did a good amount more of the side missions. Still haven't finished everything. But did you do the comic book ones? I don't think I've done it. Really? Yeah. Those are good ones. I remember you saying that, but... Either I did it and I didn't realize it, or I haven't done it yet. Oh, you'll know. It's a real nerdy-ass guy giving you missions. It's good. Okay. <laughs> reminds me of collecting retro video games, what it reminds me of. <laughs> but uh, I'm still having a lot of fun with that. I don't think I'll ever go get all the collectibles and everything, but I want to at least try and get as many achievements as I can and finish all the side missions and then... I think there's DLC. I don't know if that's included in our Game Pass. We have to buy it or how that works. But is it really? Yeah, I think so because the achievements are like a hundred and I mean a thousand and seventy or seven hundred or something like seventeen hundred. I think. So, usually they only go as high as they have DLC. So I'm thinking there is, but maybe it was just added challenges or something with free achievements. So I played some more of that. I played a little bit more Nickelodeon Kart Racing. Um, <laughs> Still the same on that. I played and streamed some Madden, and you were there for my unfortunate last game. <laughs> All three of those games are on our channel, and you can watch it if you want, but the last one, I don't suggest watching those. Quite sad, so I got knocked out of the uh, playoffs, the game before the Super Bowl. Damn. And Derek was already in the Super Bowl as a Panther, so it was lined up to be two humans against each other, and so excited and I lost to the LA Chargers which was beyond <laughs> embarrassing so like I said it kind of makes it feel like a real season because I'm like damn it now I gotta do all the offseason work and get a good enough record to get into the playoffs and then stick in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl so it really does feel like you're whole, starting your whole season over because usually in Madden you just lose a game you're like oh shit I'll just do another one but this kind of changes the whole aspect of it to make it feel like more like a real season their real franchise so did Derek win the whole thing um I'm sure he's gonna but he hasn't yet because they do this weird thing where they play the pro bowl for some reason like they would in real life and me and Aaron are the the coaches in it so me and him are gonna play the pro bowl game just for <laughs> the fun of it and I'll probably stream that because that sounds real dumb so I don't even know I would, well I know I wouldn't naturally do that but he wanted to play it and Derek said he wanted to see it so I thought it'd be an excuse to be able to play another game and probably be more depressed. And that's just a sign how good Derek was, because last year told me he was like, wasn't barely made it into the playoffs. Derek? Yeah. He wasn't in our uh, franchise last season. I think it, uh, he might be thinking of Trevor. No, no, this season, though. Didn't you see he almost missed the playoffs? Because oh, yeah. Late? Yes. Yeah, because his team was like 3-7, and seven, and a team in 3-7 and seven in real life is never going to make it to the playoffs. So, yeah, he turned it around. Or I think they were three and six. I think he finished like ten and six. Jesus so, man. yeah, yeah, that's fucking stupid. And Did the Browns miss the playoff one year with that exact record? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I also played some Halo. I was playing some uh, MCC, and him uh, probably start uh, streaming that or some of these different games I play. It's not just gonna be Madden, but. I feel like Madden's an easy game to stream and then also keep on our channel because it's just a single game, so it's kind of like a 
you can watch like the Wood and YouTube video, I feel like Halo a lot of times are kind of just bouncing in and out of multiplayer. I feel like it'd be weird to have a YouTube video of that unless there's like something funny that happens or we have a reason to do it. So that kind of stuff I might just stream and then not actually upload to the channel. But I do want to stream like that and I want to get more used to it. So uh, like we talked about doing a, um, what do you call it? Why did I just blank on this? The thing I talked about with the streaming thing with you. Oh, um, Extra Life. Extra Life, yeah. Yeah, and I definitely don't think I have streaming down. I don't think I'm an expert or anything, but I feel like I have the basics of it down. So it's exciting thing about the potential of doing that and the dumb ideas we could do or like the cool ideas are like running through all the halos or whatever we want to do. Um, and then the only other things I played, I haven't played a whole lot this week, was uh, some Mario Kart and Mario Party when uh, some people were over. So not a lot for me this week, but... I'm going to try and change that this week with uh, me streaming some more and then probably getting some more sensitive overdrive in and starting, well, not starting Halo Wars 2, but continuing Halo Wars 2. Because, like you, I want to, I think I've been good about it for the most part, but uh, I'd like to get more of my backlog done. I would like to play more of these games that I just like to jump in and out of, but I want a mixture of that to be able to still get games done. You know, I think since starting this podcast, I probably have added. <laughs> 125 games to my backlog. That's fucking bonkers. Because I <laughs> couldn't count, but aside from like the free games and some downloadable games I bought, I probably have like 10, 15 games. I mean, that. <laughs> at some point you gotta realize you gotta figure out the definition of your backlog. Um, I like, I'm a collector with the thought process eventually I'll play this. Yeah. But I just, there's something about just getting a new game, putting it in a bag, and taking it home, and <laughs> girlfriend going, what the fuck, how many more of these can you bring in this house? You have to stop. I think since our basement flooded, like, it was all in a spare bedroom, and the spare bedroom's, like, filling up now. Now it's flooding my games, am I right? Uh, what have you been watching this week? Uh, this week, I watched the Stadia event yesterday. The, that was part of what's his, oh my gosh, yeah, Video Game Awards. Oh, Jeff Keighley? Yeah, Jeff Keighley's thing. I didn't see that one, so I didn't watch it, so. Uh, they announced, like, Stadia Pro, which is basically, like, their version of Game Pass. This should have been something that they had yeah. at launch. Uh, just more games that, once again, are out on other platforms. Uh... At first, they weren't announcing any any exclusives, and I'm like, why would anybody want this? Unless they bought it off eBay for 30 bucks. That's what I did. Um, oh, God, my ass is starting to hurt. We've been sitting here for so long. Yeah, I thought we talked about this would be a short episode, I guess not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, then they mentioned exclusive features for games. Exclusive. It's not even exclusive. I don't. I don't even, they were trying to explain what the purpose of that was. But then they grabbed me at the end, man. Um, I spent a lot of time with the Orcs Must Die in high school. And they announced the third one coming out. And it's going to be exclusive on Stadia. Um, Then they basically said there's five exclusives coming to Stadia. Um, Another one called Outsiders. Looks like a very you game. You should check it out. Um, I think that's one of the games I talked about. On Outcasters, now. sorry. Oh, that's not it. Outcasters. 
Um, Orcs Must Die 3 just came out, which is insane that they just announced it and it came out. I think it was supposed to be really buzzworthy, but uh, I didn't really see much people talking about it. And then the other three exclusives have not been announced yet, um, but they are being developed by Harmo uh, Harmonix, Supermassive Games, and Uppercut Games, known for Rock Band, Until Dawn, and Submerged. So those are really... Yeah. This I'm impressed. I thought Google would have thrown in the fucking flag by now, but they're sticking with it, and they're... I'm sure they're not getting much funding, but they're doing a lot with what they're funding. Um, Orcs Must Die 3 news was enough for me to be like, shit, I need to turn this on, because I think it's part of their, their pass. And, uh... They also bought Supermassive. I don't know if you saw that, the whole studio. I, saw, I think I saw, saw that, yeah. My, maybe they announced it there, because I thought, where the hell did this come from? And I didn't know that event was happening. Yeah, it was so short, dude. I think that's why they barely talked about it. It was like a 20-minute thing. I wonder what Harmonix is going to do, because they've done almost nothing <laughs> except rhythm games. I can't imagine there's going to be a new rhythm game. Yeah. Unless it's something that just uses controllers. Do you know what I found out, though? What's that? Coronaflation. New term, by the way. All the teens can use it. Please don't. Um... Play it, trade it. He said all of the rock band and Guitar Hero shit on every every console is just flying off the shelves. He said he was selling PS3 and Xbox 360 guitars for 120. <laughs> People are still buying them. Flying off the shelves, he said. That's gross. And I bought the Xbox One Guitar Hero at a yard sale for $5. I was like, what's that going for? He's like, was it the full set? And I was like, no, it was just a guitar boxed with the game, or, you know like you would buy at the store just the guitar and he's thinking like he thinks like maybe 200 but he said if you have the full boxed he has a full box one in the back that he's kind of hanging on see how crazy it gets with all the instruments and it's like 600 dollars. <laughs> so there's a there's a demand for for rhythm games right now all these normies stuck at home these plebs in the rhythm games. I wonder how much of that is the PR stuck in home and just want nostalgia of things they like, or if that's actually going to stick around because, like, the Guitar Hero one that came out on Xbox One and PS4 not that long ago, I think it was well made and it was a bomb. So I just, that's why I don't know if they'll do a rhythm game again, especially on Stadia because then do you have to buy all new equipment to be able to play with that or... That's what I'm saying. If it's any kind of rhythm game, I feel like it'd have to be controller-based. And at that point, I don't know what that even really be. And I, I really don't think there could be going for that much on eBay. So are these people just coming in the store being like, I want this, and paying whatever he's asking? Or what? Yeah. It's bonkers, man. Vita stuff's going a little high right now, too. <laughs> yeah. That's it? That's all I got. I don't have a whole lot this week either. Oh, no, 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 no. I did watch uh, another movie, man. Uh -oh. oh, it was bad. <laughs> uh, it's called Control-Alt-Delete from 2008. You ever heard of this? I've heard of it, but I can't remember. It's got Tyler Labine Le from Dale and Tucker vs. Evil and The Reaper, that CW show, um, which is why I got it. It's actually directed and I think written by his brother. Um... The DVD is kind of rare. I got mine from uh, Goodwill. Uh, 
Yes, it's about Y2K and uh, him fucking computers, like actually putting his dick inside of him. Maybe I didn't hear about this. Um, Maybe I just know it from a computer saying. It's like uh, uh, clerks mixed with grandma's boy. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, I mean, it's really well done, but then you're like, he's drilling holes in computers and putting his dick inside of him and fucking him. Um, but yeah, I watched that movie. That's part of my backlog. I had no idea this stuff was going on either, and I was watching it at work on a portable <laughs> DVD player. And there's scenes where they're like talking about the early days of porn on computers, and uh, it's real graphic, just full blown porn on there. And I was like, oh my god, I had to turn it off and gotta save this. I, had, I thought it was just about a comedy about this yeah. computers, but no, it was about porn and fucking computers and. Weird one. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, I haven't ho- watched a whole lot wait, this week either, but me and Danielle did start the pizza show, which you told me about the YouTube channel. With the pizza Or expert. YouTube series. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's some. I, well, first off, I love it, and uh, I'm going to watch every episode, and every time we're not watching, I'm like, oh, man, we could watch another episode <laughs> of Pizza. Really? I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing that guy did that no reason to dislike him. I just think uh, everybody else seems so likable and charming, and uh, like I said, he didn't do anything douchey. I feel like he just kind of has that scummy look, and you know he's from New York, and he doesn't do anything that's over the top nice, so he kind of just has a weird vibe to me for some reason. But I said, I don't really know if that's fair because he didn't do anything at all. Um, but the show itself I love and makes him want pizza every time I see it. So that's <laughs> the downside of it. Unless I can get pizza, then it's the ultimate having pizza while you're watching pizza. But um, it's fantastic. We uh, I think I've watched three episodes. We watched up to, uh, or we watched the Chicago episode was the last one we watched, I think. But, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's where it keeps making digs into like, lasagna and stuff like yeah, that yeah uh-huh. which is fair that's a uh, I actually made fun of it when th- at the end of the episode they always do a uh, like next on like next on this episode and he's like then we go to a pizza place in Chicago and I was like that is not pizza and then they literally start the episode with that and then there's even people in Chicago hating on it they're like this is deep dish is not Chicago pizza that's what people like to say because I told Danielle I was I know it's great, and I'm like, yeah, some of the pizza is, but not deep dish. And a lot of them were saying how that's not Chicago pizza. No, like, this is great. <laughs> I didn't, because I expected the complete opposite of that. I thought it would just be all deep dish and everybody obsessing over it. So I was actually shocked that anybody else even thought a little bit like me about Chicago pizza. Um, and then I watched a show, only one episode so far. I don't know if I can do any more, called Dark on Netflix. Have you heard of it? No. Um, oh, is it uh, like uh, tourism? Where it's like uh, that might be called dark tourism, though. Just saying, it's uh, this seems kind of like a a murder mystery, like suspense show. It's a Russian show that they um, brought to Netflix here, but somebody at work recommended it to me, and I was like, oh. How I told you this before, how I don't do subtitles because I pay way too much attention to subtitles or a video, and then there's no point in paying attention at all. And he's like, no, they dubbed it, which is usually terrible. But this one, they actually do such a good job with it that uh, you won't even notice it. 
and the show do, does seem super interesting right in my alley. It seems uh, super creepy, but also not like in a generic stupid way, but kind of like how I talk about like Lost and that kind of stuff, where it's like making you think about stuff, and the vibe is so weird that you know, this is more terrifying than any like monster could jump out. And I think it, uh, aside from the dubbing, I think you would be all over too. It kind of has like a Stephen King vibe to it. But um, I do think the dubbing is impressive because I never really thought about until I watched this how mu- fucking frustrating that must be to try and dub somebody's voice and to make the uh, emotion and everything come out. I feel like it's kind of like acting in a video game, but even harder. But even though I think they're impressive with it, I still think, like I said, that's, I can't imagine how hard that is. So there is a noticeable difference in what's happening and what they're saying. And I just can't, my attention can't come off of it. And it's, uh, I said, a suspense and like a mystery. I think maybe dubbing wouldn't be as noticeable like a crazy action movie because not so focused on their face and like the emotions that they're trying to show. But a show like this was all about emotion. I just can't do it. There's, they're just trying to get so serious. And then you can see that they stop talking and their lips are still moving or vice versa. And it's just, that's all my attention is drawn towards. And he's like, yeah, that's how I was. But watch three episodes and you won't think about it anymore. I was like, I don't know. Because like I said, this show seems right up my alley and so interesting. And that's all I can think about. And it's distracting me from these things that seem so interesting. So I might watch more because it does seem so interesting. But at the same time, I don't know if I can ever look past and be used to that. Um... I don't know. I was going to say you should watch, but I don't know. I don't know if that'd be your kind of thing either. Yeah, man. I'm always down with something like that. I think... Uh, as I a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think as far as quality of the show, I do think it lines up perfectly with what you'd like, but I just don't know if the dubbing would bother you as well. My uh, last semester OSU, I did uh, Russian films. I was taught by a Russian teacher, and uh, all the films were exactly like I described. And there's some... I still enjoyed a lot of them. They do have the option, I even tried it, to uh, just do in a native voice, so they speak Russian and do the subtitles in English, but I couldn't do that, because the lips do line up perfect, because that's how they recorded it, but I can't do the subtitles. I can see that. Yeah. Um, And then the only other thing I watched, we probably should have started the show with it, but we watched uh, Devolver Digital, and um, what else? Ubisoft forward. You want to talk about those two conferences quick? Yeah. All right. Um, I put things as they went, so I guess we could talk about it that way if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Devolver started with Shadow Warrior 3, which was like a FPS over the top, bloody, looks fantastic game that I'm not going to lie to you. I don't even know if I've heard the first two. That name's so generic that I feel like I've heard that name a thousand times. Yeah. But, pretty big on like, PC. No, oh, maybe that's the reason because it looked fucking awesome. But um, yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually heard of that game. So my friend Andrew really likes them. <coughs> They're uh, pretty crazy, ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like the crazy thing about both these is there's like five games talked on each conference, which I think speaks to how underwhelming these are. That <laughs> there's a few games. I think theirs was intentional because they even play into it later, which we can kind of go over the whole conference after the games if you want. Yeah. Then next they talked about 
uh, Fall Guys, which was already been announced, but they uh, it's a uh, it's a game I told you about. I know, I think you and a couple other people are mocking about another BR, which I agree that there's way too many battle royales. I said BR naturally because I typed that just shortened. But every time somebody said VR, I think Battle Rifle because I'm so used to Halo that <laughs> what the fuck? I always have to process what they're talking about. Um, but I don't mind Battle Royale, especially if they're doing their own thing with it. And this game looks so unique. They are using Battle Royale format. But this is a game I talked about a few weeks ago on one of the conferences they showed it. And I actually was excited for it because it kind of um, talked me and you talked about it was like a blanket on it again and we talked about it, it was like hole in the wall or like uh, a show that was on Spike TV where it was like obstacle course and running and everything yeah yeah. and I feel like that's what this is but about Royale that sounds so fun and just everybody getting knocked off and then continuing on to see who's the last one I think it's obviously still about Royale but I feel like that changes completely that's kind of just like a different mode in a shooter or something. Um, I do think one of the issues it has, it's going to release on uh, PS4 and Steam on August 4th, and it's $20, which, if it's fun, I don't think it's overpriced or anything. But I think it already may have an issue in the fact that I don't know how into it majority of people are going to be, and Battle Royales rely real heavily on a huge audience especially when there's a barrier to entry since it's not free to play like a lot of Battle Royales. So I wonder if that game's going to even be really playable after it comes out or how much longer it'll be playable after it comes out unless they change it to free to play. Yeah. Because that would suck that if the game is fun and all the mechanics are cool and then nobody's there to play it anyways. Yeah. What's I your... could see that happening though, free to play. Yeah. Um, and then... What did they announce next? I missed something here. It started with a C, but I didn't put all of it because I'm terrible at my notes. Let's see. Don't remember. Let me look it up real quick. Devolver. I think I got all the other ones, but. Carry on. Yeah, that's it. I was trying to look up myself too. Um, that one's. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, that one they've talked about before though. I've recognized it. I think they announced it last year. What was it? Like what's what's the highlight game? Oh, oh it's like the, the spaghetti meat. Oh yeah, the yeah. Um, that looked cool. I don't know if I would ever actually play that game, though. I don't know if it's my kind of game, but it does seem cool. Yeah, they announced that for uh, September 23rd for Xbox One and PC, and then you also noticed they announced it for uh, Game Pass, so we'll get it free anyways. Yeah. So, maybe I'll play it that way, but even then, there's so many games that I say that, but it's not completely my game, I don't think. So, I don't know if I'll even play even with it being free. Kind of reminds me of... Uh, the John Carpenter movie with Kurt Russell. The thing. The thing. Yeah. Bounce it's a fantastic movie. People. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was weird that there was a... Oh, it comes out on Switch as well. So it's Switch, Xbox One, and PC, but there's no PlayStation, which I thought was super odd. 
I don't know. That's weird. Xbox has it on Game Pass, so I don't know if they're like, hey, don't put it on PlayStation, we'll give you something else. But I think it's weird that it's on Switch and PC, but not PlayStation. If anything, I think Switch would be the one left out there. Yeah, especially because of the nature of the game. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. Then, uh, the next one they announced was, uh, I think it was Alita, was that what it was? The PC and Switch game, and it's, uh, there's a demo available now. I think so. I don't even really remember anything about that. some of the stuff I did in this press conference. <laughs> what did you call it again? Was it Alita? Alija? Okay. O-L-I-J-A? I had an A. Some must just... Maybe uh, I definitely could have auto-corrected it because the movie Alita I might, might not notice I did that on my phone. Man, I just don't remember this at all. Oh my god, my phone just... Auto corrected it to uh, Olivia. <laughs> oh man, it just keeps auto correcting it. <laughs> so that's probably what happened to me then. I don't. It said something about a harpoon. Sounds familiar. too tired right now. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Yeah, do you remember this one? And it bounced around they would like throw it through multiple people. Oh yeah. Yeah. What was it called? Is that I have no idea how to pronounce this, but it's O L I J A. Okay. Elijah? Yeah, that was another game that looked cool, but I don't think I'll ever play it. Like I said, it's PC and Switch, and the demo was available at that time, so obviously it's still now, so you could try it for free. And then they announced Serious, well, I think it's been announced, but they showed Serious Sam 4 for August for Steam and uh, Stadia. And then we noticed no console, and then you looked it up, and you said it was uh, coming to consoles in 2021. Yep. Which I'm bummed, because... I actually loved uh, Serious Sam, but I realized I haven't played all of them, so I'm bummed. But I could probably play the older ones before I even play the fourth one if I really wanted to. Yeah, man. I, uh, they finally gave me a reason to finally boot up this uh, my Stadia that I got. Yeah. My Founder Stadia that I got for $30 on eBay. Um, and then they ended with the coolest thing and the most fucking ridiculous thing. And I meant to download this. I haven't tried it yet because it's free on Steam. Which is uh, Devolverland Expo, which is uh, a simulation of a gaming expo since <laughs> E3 was canceled. <laughs> and great. yeah, it's just you can go to different booths of all their games and see the different um, things that are around the convention center. I just enjoy their constant parody of the gaming industry. <laughs> it's just great. You yeah. haven't downloaded it yet, have you? No. Yeah, so 
the uh, conference itself, I feel like, is actually a bigger part than the games, which is different than majority of these press conferences. And I feel like they even said that because what if we go over five games here? Yeah. And they even uh, there's a joke in there about how they need to fill in more games. So they make up like ten fake games. <laughs> and I feel like that's a parody too because that seems ridiculous. But if you look at Ubisoft, I don't see many more games at their press conference. <laughs> so it's pretty accurate actually, which is kind of sad that that joke is actually somewhat true. Exactly. Um, and then... Ubisoft. Ubisoft. So they started with Watch Dogs Legion, what they announced coming out October 29th. I thought it looked cool, but I thought the other two have looked cool. I've never played them. So it's probably another one of those for me. Yeah, if you don't like GTA, they're like worst GTAs. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. I mean, maybe the hacking mechanic of it makes it a little bit different, but uh, they're pretty bland. Yeah. I think it's one of the, the the weakest games in Ubisoft's uh, collection. Yeah. Stall. Um, let me count how many games there are so we can see how different this is from Devolver. Uh, there is nine games, so. Nine. Yeah, but that's still fucking bonkers. Um, especially because a few of these are fucking mobile games they just ran through, so you can hardly <laughs> count it. Because next they uh, announced Brawlhalla Mobile for August 6th. Were you joking? Were you excited for that? Because when I passed by, I was like, what the fuck? I don't look it up again. I do. Uh, I remember Brawlhalla. But no, I, I had no plans of. Oh, okay. Because I was mocking it before you got there. Because you got there late. And then we rewatched part of it. I was like, are we really starting on a mobile game already? <laughs> I do remember Brawlhalla. Um on Xbox One, but uh, I think it's almost like a Smash knockoff. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, going to mobile. Um, then they announced or showed something called End of Chaos, which was like, the most generic mobile game I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, certain X2 games. And then um, you can butt in any of these. If you want to add anything, it's just like, I feel like this conference again was so, so underwhelming. Um, then they announced Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which kind of just looked like a, a team-based shooter. And yeah. then, I don't know if you noticed, but they had a Sam Fisher model in there. And um, I feel like they think people are going to be so excited for that, but I think people are going to be real pissed that they're oh, doing definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that they're finally going back to Splinter Cell, but in like the cheapest way ever and not a Splinter Cell-style game at all. I pre-registered for it. Did you? Yeah. It kind of looks kind of cool. I'll give it a go. No, yeah, I think it looks like a fine game. And I'm not even the biggest Splinter Cell fan. I just feel like that would be like, well, actually, I was going to say like Halo, but I can give a real example. I remember uh, one of the Xbox press conferences, one of the ones I thought for some reason had real hope that there might be a new Conquerors game announced, like I talked about this one. They, uh, I don't know if you remember this. Um, it was that game, God, it was like a, Kind of like a sport-like game, their creator game. I can't remember what they called oh, it. Oh, uh, damn it. Yes, I do remember this. It was called, uh, I can see the cover in my head Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I, I think flopped on. Uh -huh. Yeah, I do remember. I remember that announcement with him in it. Yeah, and uh, they showed the creator, and I was like, oh, that was kind of fun. And then he started uh, sawing through the logo. 
Uh, oh my god, and it was conquerors. There's no fucking way, no wonder this game was so underwhelming. And uh, you can use them as a skin. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> that is so fucking, that is bonkers. You know, I think that game doesn't even work anymore. I will, yeah, I believe that. I think they took the servers down. Um, oh, wait a second while you're looking it up. Yeah, it's going to bother me. I have it on the tip of my tongue, even the name of it, but I can't remember it. Um, guess we can go next time while you're looking. Yeah, you go for it. Now. Then they went on to show, uh, I think it was a new expansion for Rainbow Six Siege, but I haven't even played the base game. I still keep meaning to give that a chance, but that's a game I definitely want to play with you or other people, because I know that community's fucking crazy, and I feel like they're going to be giant assholes if you don't know what you're doing. In my notes, I also noticed that uh, there was a typo or it autocorrected it to Ravi now Six Siege. What the fuck is this game? And I realized what happened. You Project do. Spark. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> I would never remember that, but it was right there. Yeah, I think that got discontinued in... Uh Notice the servers are no longer up. That's what you get for doing conquerors <laughs> like that. See, that's what I'm talking about. I, that's a prime example of one of the most lovable studios of all time, and they throw his character <laughs> in Project Spark. Um, and then they showed Hyperscape, which I guess this game has already been shown. I didn't even heard about it. And uh, it's free to play on PC, and it's already available, or I think in... Uh, in beta form or what do you call it, early access. This game looked cool. It looked like a, again, another battle, well, it was another battle royale, but kind of uh, had a different art style, well, a very different art style, I think, and also a lot of different mechanics. But it's only PC, and I doubt controller support, so I don't know if I'll ever actually play it. And it also looked like a kind of game that would be fucking awesome, but also could be the most frustrating thing in the world with all the fast moving you have and like the teleporting abilities and everything that I feel like especially in Battle Royale that could be the most frustrating thing in the world um, and then they showed Assassin's Creed Valhalla which I don't have much to add I know you're really excited about that the only thing I'll say again is I don't know how they can even call these games Assassin's Creed anymore that if it did not say Assassin's Creed the only part that even kind of looked like is when he's blending in there for a second and walking with people yeah that too yeah other than that, I would have thought that was a fucking entirely new game. Um, I mean, I guess it's their right. They own it. And I know why they do it, because if they just call it Valhalla, there will be millions less copies sold. Yeah. But I just think it's weird how much they just stick to Assassin's Creed and make it this completely different thing, which is weird, because I think uh, Assassin's Creed is a perfect game that you could just kind of make it anything, because the Animus, is that what they call it? Yes. Yeah, but... Yeah. I feel like they changed that storyline so much that that doesn't even make sense anymore. So now they kind of even defeated that to make se- making sense. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I did like the new mechanics they showed, though, of like building your own army and raiding and pillaging. Yeah. Um, and powering up your guys and figuring out where to spend money and building up your town. I wanted to see more of that, and that trailer provided it. Just got me more excited. Then the next thing they announced... Which was the thing I was most excited about, but I think I would just, again, save myself up for disappointment, was uh, not even a game. It was uh, 
that they're going to do another Ubisoft press conference. But I feel like I'm just saving myself up for this again. But the only thing that gives me more hope is that as this was so fucking underwhelming, especially going a new generation. And the fact that they're doing another one and obviously closer to the launch of it, I feel like hopefully means that they're waiting to show games they're not allowed to show or don't want to show yet. But again, I might just be setting myself up for more disappointment and that it's going to be another bland conference where they keep showing these same games. This whole end of cycle, start of a new cycle, feels kind of bland. Yeah. Even the cases don't look, didn't really deviate that much for them. It doesn't feel, feel right. Yeah. Um, then they ended with Far Cry 6, which the only cinematic trailer it was really well done. Looked cool, but I never really played Far Cry, so. I think you like it. Yeah, it's not intentional. I haven't played it. There's just, I feel like there's always one coming out, and I'm like, oh, I could do that, and I just don't, never start. I think my favorite one is number two. It's so semi. So ridiculous. Like, your gun could jam, your gun could blow up, rust it, clean it, take care of it. I actually even own one. I own Primal, which I know is what does one of the worst ones, but I want one of the favorite ones. Since that seemed the most interesting to me, so I got that on some Black Friday sale. That's good. Um, we're almost done here, but I did want to bring up one thing that I forgot to talk about last week on that you talked about in your episode, which was the Fallout show, because I'm pretty sure I didn't go back and watch the episode which I'm, I meant to, but when we were talking about our movies and shows, I feel like I said I wanted Fallout. And I think I even said I'd prefer a show. And like you said, I announced it as an Amazon original. <laughs> which uh, I don't even think I've watched the Amazon original, but I've heard mixed things. I've heard they don't care about their properties and that uh, a lot of it is done very poorly. But also, it's Amazon, so they're one of the biggest companies in the world. So they have a ton of money that they could do good if they wanted to. I don't know if you said it or not, but... Do you hear who the creators of the show are? Yeah, from uh, Westworld. Yeah, so that gives me a lot of hope that Amazon's not, even if they are, maybe doing that with other projects. I think it's a husband and wife. Husband and wife. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a weird one. Uh-huh. It's a weird duo. Yeah, I feel like maybe Amazon does do that with some products that are some uh, of these programs, and they are rushed, or they don't put a lot of care into it. Well, I think uh, Amazon, it's very easy to submit your... Oh, so you stuff. Can get whatever. Yeah, it's almost like uh, YouTube with the extra steps. A lot of YouTubers have uh, like re-edited their YouTube videos and put them there. Yeah. Um, there's a pretty low bar to get on there, but I feel like Man in the High Castle, some of the actual Amazon exclusives have been pretty pretty high quality. Yeah, and I feel like the fact that uh, they're doing a feel Midwest World, and I should put the date in here, but I know that it's not coming out anytime soon. I feel like it says that they're putting care into it, and I think it, as they do it right, it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, and you got to think, too, they're also working on the Lord of the Rings series. And yeah. They, they wouldn't fuck around with that. That has to be expensive, though. Yeah. So, I just wanted to add that. I know you said you also are getting sick of their, uh, the standby thing and the 50 music. I get that, but for me, that's never going to get old and <laughs> jash me up so much. I definitely get why I'd be old to you, though. Um... Then we do our free games this week. On Xbox One, you got WRC8, the official game, till July 31st. And you got Dunk Wards till <laughs> August 15th, which uh, is a ridiculous name, but might actually be good. It was like, kind of we talked about, like a silly basketball game instead of all these simulations and like dead serious things. 
I said it could be a nice change up. On Xbox 360, got something called Juju till July 31st. I don't even know what that is. I have no idea either. <laughs> on PlayStation Plus till August 3rd, you have Rise of the Tomb Raider, NBA 2K20, and Erica. Erica looks sweet. Um, I've been hearing good things. Yeah. I downloaded all of them, but I haven't played any of them yet. Um, any fake outrage for you this week? No. No? I've been awake for... <laughs> 22 hours at this point. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this would be like, I don't care, I want the episodes to be natural, but I thought there would be like a 40-minute episode, and I feel like <laughs> this is like a, another long one again. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think so. So we can end it here. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Current Backlog, and you can email any corrections, questions, or feedback to currentbacklogers at gmail.com. And uh, hopefully we'll get in a... Uh, Xbox predictions before the Xbox press conference. You. Thank you. <laughs>